Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Where the time zone changes and the money exchanges and speeders and kilometers on a thousand ranges far away with my Jamaican sexy every day is like a holiday. The Chiba got me in a slum sleeper. But when I try to leave her, I just find out that it's cheaper to keep her. Plus, she keep my thoughts deeper. Really zoning. Like my Cali homie, 6'4 rolling. All them Detroit lacks trimmed and golden. All my Texas family, 150 wires strolling. Damn, I was caught up in the Matrix. But not Keanu Reeves. As she rolls in bamboo leaves. I think a way to ship off these piano keys. Is I'm trapped in the skin. Touching how you set my mind at ease In Virginia where you kept me motionless From that point on I knew I could never get over this Now they wanna see us broke up Cause I'm lovesick, got me all choked up Look, you keep my head in the clouds, mommy, till I can't breathe And next to that heat seeker, you my main squeeze Who else I lick, twist, and hit, and even spend my money on Now either I'm a fool or you really must got me gone You got me open these days, I must admit Body numbed up and in a slump like I've been hit but luckily it's just a green Got me leaving smoke screens And blowing smoke rings As I flee from the scene Gangsta leaning in an 850 demon I'm like Casey and Jojo love You got me oh, feeling you taste this Sweet like morning dew I would go crazy girl If I couldn't have none of you I said you're from Jamaica Straight out of my Mercedes trunk You make me wanna roll you up And then you make my body Let's make a nigga happy, gangsta lane. 
so sticky. I'm talking real icky. Had me gone and twisty, make my other women miss me. Just by the way she kissed me. Hold her with the index and thumb tippies. My flow is trippy. Hard to hold back. Sin so sweet. Got a cognac and honey wrap, but this ain't no drink. From Taiwanese to Amsterdam, greeny green. To hydroponic that make a weak stomach vomit. Listen, at times you hinder my vision Blinded by your love and you got the room spinning It's not jealousy, the reason why I keep you hidden Hell, I hit you, then I pack it to my man Like I do my women I know just what I'm investing in I done traded currency with the Mexicans In Texas, just so we could get affectionate Your complexion lime green with red specks in it I love you Talk about the gangster lane What's good, y'all? It's Maestro Styles and Trey Frazier in the house tonight, y'all. You're listening to the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast right here live on Spreaker.com. Make sure y'all go to Spreaker.com and search for our homepage and click on that yellow follow button so that when we do these shows live, you'll get these emails and when we do these live shows. Also, don't forget, we got the Facebook page, we got the Instagram page, and we also have the Twitter page at Barbershop SPOR2. And we also got the WordPress blog site. Make sure y'all check that out as well. I see, uh, I see my homeboy Grego in the chat room this yeah. evening. Grego was good. What up, what up? what up, Sluggo? Sluggo, what up? Welcome to the chat room. Happy three twenty-eight, my brother. Three twenty-eight. I'm back. I'm, I'm, but I'm back hating the Patriots, bro. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm back so, hating the Patriots, bro. Yeah. So, uh, so Maestro, what's good, man? How did we go? Another day, another down, man. Had a Cool weekend, had an opportunity to spend some time with the babies, you know what I'm saying? Sitting here drinking this Dirty Jaws, shout out to Dirty Jaws, supplying me with my drink for the evening, man, and, and we lit, man, we good. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, the weekend was good for me, man, it's pretty quiet, um, the weather is just crazy, man. I'm, I'm, I think I'm it's ready spring for, time, I yeah, think it's time. Yeah, I'm ready for spring, man, I've been ready for spring, even though we had a very light winter. Yeah, you know I think I mean? it's time, man. Yeah, time. for real, for real, so, so folks, um, just to give y'all a heads up for the show um you know we're going to talk about the final four later in the show we had the sweet 16 and the elite eight games take place and then we also going to talk about the lakers and their ownership stuff they finally got that situation straightened out and then we're going to talk some nba a little bit of nfl and then also coming up right after our first break around 7 30 uh, i want to introduce a special guest to the show um, her name is Philanda Johnson. She's currently the principal at Kip Charter School right here in Washington, D.C. She's got a book coming out on Friday, the 31st, and we just want to have her on for a few minutes to discuss the book and, you know, some other things, you know, in regard to sports. So really looking forward to that, man. But uh, I, I guess we got to address the elephant in the room, and I guess that would be the Oakland Raiders. Is that the ready to elephant in the room? Um, I'd like to nominate another elephant in the room. 
Go ahead. You can. Go ahead. Stephen A. took a picture with a uh, with a uh, sheriff Clark out of uh, what's where? Where he from? Where he? Um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Right. The, right. The dude who was all on uh, I guess CNN spazzing on Don Lemon like he was about to get brought up with Don Lemon on TV. Yes. And, yes. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have some very uh, inflammatory remarks when it comes to black folks and you know and I guess in support of the police and everything that was going on. And, um, you know, I guess it was some uproar about Stephen A. taking a picture with him. Um, for me, well, that, well, how do you feel about it? Well, um, first off, let me say what up to Bootsy in the chat room. What up, Bootsy? Said he's not feeling well. Hey, get better, man. Get hey, well man, soon, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad you're still listening, man. But um, here's the thing. So last week, I saw this picture surface, and I'm listening to some of the other shows on WSME. You know, shout out to Doug Stewart and that ninja and everybody else that do shows and stuff. And I kind of looked at it as a regular picture. Like, okay, Stephen A. Smith and, you know, Sheriff Clark from Milwaukee. It's like, okay, it's just a picture. I don't know what came of it. I don't know where they were. Yeah. I didn't know what the circumstance was at the time. I didn't even, I don't know what they were going to, like, were they going to collab on something? Were they going to, you know come together to do some type of foundation or organization or something like that. So I didn't know. So I didn't want to judge before I start making comments about okay. Stephen A. not making, um, not, you know, taking pictures with a guy who you just talked about had yeah. this feud with Don well, Lemon well, on CNN. Well, it's not about that he had the feud with Don Lemon. It's more about the content of what the feud was about. Basically, yep. um, basically he was ja- he was siding with police and um, as yes. far as, uh, you know, cops killing innocent black people. And he was debating the statistics of police brutality yes, right. against it's, black men. Right. That was some of the things that I recognized also. So that was that was the only thing that I knew of Sheriff Clark. And some would say that's the only thing you need to know. But looking at that yeah, photo. Sure. Let me... Let me apologize to that ninja, and, and shout out to that ninja. He's got a great show. It's called The Underground Railroad Show. Check it out on Spreaker.com. But he addressed me and said, look, Trey, if that was George Zimmerman in a picture with somebody else, how would you feel about it? And I replied back saying, look, you're going to compare a guy who got off from murder to a guy that basically voices opinion about police brutality? I don't think the two even compare. Okay. So, a couple of days later, I'm looking on Twitter, and Sheriff Clark was trending. He was trending real heavy. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, there's an article out there that's surfacing where the Milwaukee County Jail, there were about four deaths in a jail. Um, one lady was forced to give birth while she was chained in the jail, she lost the baby. The baby died. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple other, uh, fe- I guess, other, a couple other females, and then a male that died, basically died in the jail cell at this Milwaukee County Stadium. Okay. I mean, Milwaukee County um, Police, Department. Police Department. So, basically, this police department or this jail is under the watch of Sheriff Clark. Mm-hmm. And so, once you hear that, then people start to talk about, well, this is on your watch. You're responsible for these deaths. How could you do such crazy things? Mm-hmm. And so that's, and, and I come to learn that's why people reacted 
to the photo the way they did react to well, it. Well, uh, uh, so you're saying it was more because of that recent story that had surfaced as far as... As far um, as the people dying, dying in jail. Dying in jail more so than his, uh, his rhetoric on uh, police brutality. Yes, okay. yes. And, and if this story is true, mm-hmm. then... And, 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 and truth be told, even if it's not true... Right. Um, if, if it's... I mean, you know... He's got. He got to take some fire for it. Oh, absolutely. He got to take some fire. No, no, no question about it. That definitely okay. got to take some. I ain't say he has to. He's going to one way or the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no question about that. And so I looked at Stephen A.'s Twitter, and people were questioning him, like, "Yo, Stephen A., like, why are you taking a picture with this dude? Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know that he let some people die under his watch in his own jail that mm-hmm. he watches?" And Stephen A., just like me, replied, "I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not gonna." reply to that unless I know a little bit more. So apparently Stephen A. had no idea well, about this story that surfaced. Nah, I don't believe that. Um, you think he knew? I think he knew something. I, Stephen A. Smith is a... Host. It's possible. I'm not going to be naive about that. I'm not going to be naive about that. He knew. I, I mean, is there a possibility he didn't know? Sure, but he knew. He knew. Um, that dude gets information off out the wife. He is a he's been a journalist for thirty you know thirty plus years. Yep. He's connected with that you know that news scene. Right. He's uh, he's done spots on CNN. I mean, he's uh, yeah he's he, arguably one of the bigger personality one of the biggest personalities in ESPN right now. Yep. It's it's no he knew he knew. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But what wouldn't surprise but, me. But what I what made what I thought about though was um, okay so. Sheriff Claude, you know, he got all his, you know, his, you know, his rhetoric, his opinions, and then with that story you just told me about. Right. But what if Sheriff Clark just walked up to Stephen A., you know, and said, hey, look, man, I'm a fan of your show. He came to Stephen A. as a fan. I agree with that. And said, you know, I'm a fan. Right. Can you take this picture with me? Possible. And Stephen, and Stephen A. said, yeah. Um... Knowing who he was, or maybe not knowing you, maybe knowing who he was, but not knowing the face of the name. Stephen A. is aware, according to the post he put out there, he was aware of the rhetoric between him and Don Lemon about the police brutality thing because he said that I don't agree with everything that you're about as far as the crime situation Uh and the statistics and all that stuff. But you know, he says he respects Sheriff Clark, that's what he stated. Okay. Okay. Um, you well, say that we respect him. Sure. I mean, I mean, and you know, you would have to respect the dude that feel that way. I guess. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a dude's opinion. I guess. It's but, his opinion. But my thing is, is that um, I felt like maybe maybe that was the angle. Maybe like you know, I imagine that celebrities deal with people. Who have different views from them all the time? Sure, but they'll put their views aside because I.e. Sage Steele. Yeah, that's Sage Steele or that's Stephen A. Smith or yep. they're celebrities. They're people in the pub. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you know, like one of the one of the greatest celebrity Republicans in the world that are. You know, I don't. I'm just you know spitballing name. I don't know. I don't think Meryl. I know Meryl Streep isn't a Republican. At least I don't think she is. Right. Um, right. Meryl Streep. Uh, was a, if she was a Republican and, and somebody that was in the up and coming trying to become an actor seen Meryl Streep and was like, yo, can I take this, you know, can we take this flick? You know what I'm saying? Because you Meryl Streep, you Meryl Streep, the, you know, one of the biggest actress in the game, you know, 
for a minute. So who are you to say, you know, I, I can see a fan being willing to put their differences aside. Right. And it kind of puts the celebrity in a situation where it's like, I well, this ain't about, you know, personal preferences and things like that. That's just somebody admiring what I do for a living. Sure. So I can take this flick with you. Sure. Um. So, I mean, at first glance, though, I was like, for real, my nigga. <laughs> at first glance. That initial reaction, yeah, it was like, right? Uh, like, uh, like dog, this dude. Yeah, yeah, like this. Like, the coon, yeah, if you if you think. Oh, yeah, that, that C word was I, I, I would around. love this. I, like, man, I would love to see uh, Tariq Nasheed's. Commentary about that picture surfacing, right? Um, if he hasn't put one out already, right, right. Um, shout out to Tariq Nasheed, man. But um, yeah, at first glance, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't mess with it. I didn't like it, man. But um, but like I said, man, who am I to say? Like, who am I to be like? You know, you know, I got my ambitions of being somebody respected in this music game, and who am I? You know, if a skinhead say, "Yo, I fuck with your music," right. Well, I'm gonna be like, fuck you, nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. So, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting situation, man. But, um, I, yeah, man. Shouts out to them, I guess. Uh, and I, I guess. Well, look, I, I just hope that, like, and like you said, you think Stephen A. knew I think he about, knew about that story. That I think he knew about all that shit. I'm not gonna be naive to think that he didn't otherwise, but if you put out there on Twitter that, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll respond once I know a little bit more about what yeah. you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I can't accuse you of anything, but look, you you work in this arena. You work in in the uh, in the arena where a lot of information can be accessed and can be put out there within a drop of a dime. So. Right, right. So, so because even if he didn't know when he, you know. Yeah, man. Even even the way he defended it was kind of like it seemed like he was kind of dismissive of this of the article right. that was speaking about you know babies dying, you know, and mamas being chained up. And even if that circumstance really had no, you know, the baby passing had nothing to do with the circumstances of the prison, right? Which um, that's, that's kind of difficult for me to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Still, it's just like, dude, you you can't really attach yourself to shit like that. Yeah, nor can you, you detach should. yourself from nor that either. Well, I think if you're Sheriff Clark. Oh, if you're Sheriff Clark. Oh, I'm yeah. about to say, Stephen, they, you if know, you're Sheriff Clark, you can't detach yourself. Well, I, from I, that. I certainly don't think Sheriff Clark is trying to detach. Himself I don't think so either. Yeah. But yeah. you know, just throw it out there. Uh, the Oakland Raiders announced yesterday that all 31 teams, and I think the only one team that voted against them moving was the Miami Dolphins. That That's what I heard. Okay. So I don't know what their interest is, but who cares? Who gives right. a damn? Right. Um, the Oakland Raiders are now going to be moving to Las Vegas uh, in 2000. I guess it's 2019, but they still have the option for 2019 to play in the Bay Area okay. for their consecutive year because this coming season they're going to play – I think the final year at that particular stadium. Okay. And then I think 2018, there's options to maybe share the stadium with the 49ers or maybe any other college stadium in the Bay Area, uh-huh. somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this is this is the third team that's relocated in the last year or so. Yeah. You right. know? And for fans of the Oakland Raiders... 
to have this happen again, because remember, they left Oakland in 84 mm-hmm. to L.A., yeah. even though it was in the same state. Yeah. But in, in a sense, you, you kind of got to feel for them because when, when you think of Oakland and when you think of the Raiders, you think of the black hole. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't think of nothing much else when it comes to that particular franchise. And as, as iconic of a franchise as they are, yeah. for them to move around as much as they've done in this history, it just seems it well, just seems kind of crazy. Um, you know, well, it's a couple of people to blame. One, uh, Mark Davis, huh? Mark, Mark Davis. Davis, right? Yep. And then I mean, and then secondly, uh, if you're not drawing, uh, you know, money, right. money in, you gotta try to go somewhere that might bring in money. And the truth be told, it's the it's the you know, organizations fault for the team being sorry, but I mean, there are the Redskins have been sorry, not as sorry as the Raiders, but the Redskins right. have been sorry for some time, and people right. still come to the games. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? People Absolutely. still come and support, and um, that that plays a lot in the you know in the theory of you know when we're talking about when it's time for somebody to leave or should we re- relocate. You know, fan participation does play a number. Right. Now, I'm not blaming the fans. Again, if your football team was a little bit better, the fans would probably show up. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that does play a part because if the fans were showing up, even while they were sorry, the money would be coming in. No doubt. This wouldn't be an issue. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. Um, you know. Well, here's I, the thing, though, because I believe they're one of the last stadiums that actually both the football team and the baseball team share. Now, we've seen this years and years ago, even going back to the 60s, 70s, and 80s, where every city had that one stadium where both the baseball and the football team shared the same exact stadium. And at the time, that was sort of the business model. Now you're going into the 90s, into the 2000s, new millennium, and now the blueprint now is for... These franchises to make money, they gotta have their own stadiums because of the cost of money for the suites, because of the advertising, and because of the economics of that particular you can, city. You can, you know, contract the, you know, contract the train out. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. You know, like you know, Minnesota did it. I think more recently with the Twins and the Vikings, and then they both got new stadiums, and then Miami. Did it with the Dolphins and Marlins. The Marlins got their new ballpark, and Miami's still in the same in the same, right. in the same ballpark. So, um, for me, it's just more about getting out of that dumpster fire, and most people call it a dumpster fire of a stadium because they have porta potties for bathrooms in the stadium. Oh, really? I've, I've heard, yeah, I've okay. heard such things. So it's it's not the most pleasant place to go, but. When you look at the fans and the black hole, there's a lot of nostalgia, I guess, that comes with it. So I guess you could say the stadium, the fan base, and the organization kind of mesh with each other. They probably going to rip that motherfucker, tear that motherfucker down, huh? Um, Probably. And don't forget, the A's still playing that ballpark. Oh, okay. So I don't don't believe they're going to rip it apart just yet. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. The city of Oakland, they could possibly lose all three of their professional franchises. Mm-hmm. Oakland Raiders, we just said, going to Las Vegas. The Warriors are getting this new 
billion dollar arena on the other side of the bay in San Francisco. And the A's, there's been talks for, I don't know, three, four years that they were going to move to San Jose and get a new ballpark down there, but still kind of stay in the Bay Area or whatever. So that's the other thing that just kind of kind of sucks for sports fans there, man. I've never seen anything like that, where you could potentially, when you could go from three teams. I mean, had the athletics been good? No. The A's? Past three, four years, no. Uh, the past couple of years, no. But I, I think in twelve and thirteen, they were right. They were yeah, really good. They had been good. It's been a few years. But before that, they've had some down some, years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, really, the A's were in their really prime in the, I guess, early nineties or something like yeah, that. Right. No, I remember that. I'm just saying. They haven't been good for a little while now. So it's been a while. Not, yeah. It's been a while. They, I mean, it's so not it's, like they're putting out dynasties or anything so like it's that. Like they're kind of, it's, it's kind of like they're going through the same thing. And if they, I mean, I guess the only the difference with the Warriors would be is that maybe they just aren't in a good area. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing. I think it's more of the city. Yeah. Um, you know, the mayor stood pat and said, look, if you're asking the citizens of Oakland and the government to fund this money for a new stadium, then look, we we just not rocking with it. Right. You know right. what I mean? The NFL generates billions and billions of dollars every year. It's like they're the Federal Reserve. You know what I'm saying? It's like they print money every year because they're so bomb when it comes to the marketing and, you know, the franchising of, you know, teams and all that stuff. Right. It's like it's like, wait a minute, y'all keep generating this revenue every year. At some point, somebody's got to take that Jerry Jones approach and say, look, I'm going to invest my own money. I'm going to buy my own land. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, even if it's a couple properties, I might be able to, you know, throw some deals in there here and there and just fund my own money and put it toward a brand new stadium. But right. it, it just seems like we're still in that era of teams begging the cities for cash. So... So getting to the Vegas side of this, it's amazing. Uh, they go, by the way, let me say what up to Jay Fish and BS3 Sports, what it do. Yeah, what's good, Microwave? Hey, great show earlier today, man. Pre- pre- appreciate that, man. Appreciate you having me on for a few minutes. Um, so the Vegas part of this, they go from having no professional franchises to now two, because remember, the NHL, NHL right. gave them an expansion franchise for next year. Yeah. So... I guess I could warm up to it, I guess. Man, it don't make me no super difference one way or the other. I mean, yeah. the Raiders, the Raiders um, left to Las Vegas at a kind of kind of a good time. Um, they, got a, they got a franchise quarterback. Right. Um, and that alone should, you know, bring some people in. Yep. Um, it's just a matter of how they put it together. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Las Vegas, so I can't speak on what kind of city it is, right. if it's a sports, you know, if they do I love get Vegas. behind sports. Yeah. I, I love Vegas. So me and my wife went there back in 2010. Um, it was so hot, man. I mean, that, that place has the driest heat ever, man. Yeah, but, but I hear that thing outside of the lights, man. I hear that shit is driving like a, like a ghetto. Like, you got hoods out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. And I, mean, I guess everywhere got hoods. But, yeah, everywhere got hoods. But, no I, question but about I'm hearing, it. like, specifically... You know, that joint, like, that's one of them little slept-on areas, like... Oh, yeah, where, where it Absol- absolutely. It's it's a bigger version of Atlantic City, and you've been to Atlantic yeah. City before, yeah. so... Just imagine it 
three times, four times bigger than that. But I, I guess I could warm up to it in the sense that Raiders fans are outside of Oakland. Like, there's a big fan base that just extends beyond the city of Oakland. Mm-hmm. So I think the first year they get there, I think they'll do just fine as far as revenue, getting fans in the seats. And look, if your favorite team, let's say, like, Steelers or the Ravens have a road game in Vegas, hey, that's you get a, some tickets. That's a lit weekend, right? Yeah, that would be a lit weekend, no question about it. Now, you know, some people said they're worried about the players and what Vegas could do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not so much. That's your damn business. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not so worried yeah, about that. Because, look, you got to go to Miami, right? Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? You got to go to ATL. Right. You got to go to New York City. So <laughs> it, it's not much different. The, the well, partying is all the same. I don't know how much more different it is, but I know the one thing. I ain't about to sit here and you talking about I'm concerned about players. Like, right. I need to get paid millions of dollars. You better figure that shit out. Yeah, for real. If you want to continue to make millions of dollars. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I don't give a fuck about your problems. Of, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm gonna talk about your problems, baby. Yeah, absolutely, man. What are you gonna do about that running back situation with Las Vegas now or Oakland? Um, well, here's the thing they got two years left in Oakland, so they got a squad, they can add pieces, they got the draft coming up, and really, they have a chance to maybe deliver a title to that town before they, you know, head up out of there. That'd be a great part and gift, but I don't see it happening. I, it's too early. I, I mean, mean, it's I the mean, NFL. Anything sure, can happen. Sure, anything can happen. But, I mean, um, they, I mean, and I hate to sound like a hater, but fuck it, ain't really know of a way to sound. I mean, they lucked up on a quarterback who, who know how to play the game. Right. Um, and and once he went out, that whole tone of the team kind of well, changed a little backup? bit. Who's that? Big L, what up? Didn't they pick up a backup? A backup quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, uh, what's it, EJ Manuel? I think they picked up EJ uh, Manuel. Yeah, if it was him. I mean, I guess he'd be a good backup. Yeah, they had Connor Cook and yeah, Matt yeah, McGloin on there. Which didn't cut it. Nah, yeah. nah, not at all. Yeah, i tell you what, though. I think the ceiling for the Oakland Raiders can be as high as the floor can be so low. Like, they could either be really, really good or they could be really, really good. I, I don't believe, like, I don't believe they're in, I don't believe they're in Super Bowl convention next year. I don't believe that. I think they, I mean... A couple years, that. two years. Okay, two years. We'll talk about two years later. But I don't believe. Right. I don't believe they're in Super Bowl contention. Yeah, here go, here go, Grego. He said, Nah, okay. Brady playing for fourteen more seasons, so Oakland ain't winning this. Yeah, but Pittsburgh gonna at least get one or two of those. Yeah, I was gonna say the Ravens will come back. We're gonna at least one. get one or two of those, boss. Yeah, for for real. Forget that. But uh, you, you heard Brady talking about he wants to play till he's 47, 48. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's not it's not one hundred percent. It's 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 plausible, um, because he don't do, he don't move that often. He yeah, drive back. That's true. Read the offense and throw the ball. So as long as he can, you know, what I'm saying it's it's it truly is a cerebral game for him, and he hasn't had no major injuries outside of that 2008 injury, which obviously that ain't no issue no more. So no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're almost ten years removed from right. That. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, the dude, I mean, he don't, he's not super mobile. I mean, I guess all it takes is a hit and that changes. But I mean, when the last time you seen Tom Brady take a real hit? Mm, I, I can't think of it. A real hit? Saying, yeah, a real of, hit. Like a real hit, like a sack, a real hit. I was going to say the Texans roughed him up in the playoff game. Other, other than that. Yeah, I mean. Other than that, any other, like some of those NFC West teams. 
I'm talking about like ball. I'm talking about like a Colt, a James Harrison, a Colt McCoy type hit. Like when the last time he took a hit like oh, that? Oh, like knock him out yeah, for like yeah, a yeah, yeah, like a yeah, play yeah, or a series yeah, right. or something like that. When the last time he took a real hit, where yeah, he just I've got never thrown seen him, on the ground. Yeah, I've never seen him get knocked out for a play or two, or even a series, let alone. So, yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, it's plausible that he could play for a long time. I don't want to say I don't want to put forty seven years old on it, but it's plausible he could play for three, four, five more years. It's plausible. It's possible. I'd, I'd give him two. I'd give I, him. I mean, honestly, again, I'd give him two. Based on the way they play football, I, I could give him three or four, maybe five. Uh, we'll, we'll I see. could give him that. He would be as, making, long, as long as he's playing, as long as he's efficient. Yeah. 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 He, he would be making some great history if he played beyond yeah. the age of 41. Yeah. Two four zero five three two two seven one eight is a number to dial the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. We're going to take a break right here for a few minutes, and then we come back. We're going to have our special guest on the line to talk about her new book coming out. You're listening to the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. We'll be right back. To the joint with mad peeps who creep with me Get me in the mood to feel the atmosphere we in there So now it's time for us to check the scenery Here it is, square bins like Tina Marie Tap the jackets, the jeans, and the ankles Make sure that I'm sliding in the door gun free Eventually, getting into things as the time passes Scooping all the honeys with the fat asses Just comfortably see original style Timberlands on my feet, stomping grounds Give me second rounds in town, I ride a bounce, peep the sound. Baby Paul takes the crown and the pitcher's mouth. Wake up and smell the coffee, I'm awfully precise with the punches, smoking boom in the afternoon. Pay attention to the vibes I be giving. Bright like a prism, cause this is how I'm living. Fellas, grab your honeys, ladies, hold on tight, it's baby Paul, y'all. This is how I'm living. On the rise to the top, to the beat, we're gonna rock, it don't stop. This is how I'm living, y'all. Grab your honey's ladies, hold on tight, it's baby car, y'all. This is how I'm living. On the rise to the top, to the beat, we're gonna rock, you don't stop. It feels great hanging out late, cause all day I was chilling like a villain around the way. The females on a scale from one to ten, I'll take a chicken, thirsty for a good sticking. On a mission for cream cakes and blunts, drinks and diamonds at the bar, never smiling. The attitude is rude. I get your girl in the mood because I'm shrewd when I'm wildin'. Laid back like on an island somewhere With the hottest goddess running her fingers through my hair Yeah, yeah, crystal clear for your pleasure My rap is like a map, throw it to the treasure Trendsetter, much flavor to the letter Tommy Gibbs breaking ribs, Godfather with the kids Pay attention to the rhymes I be kicking Surprise without a ribbon, this is how I'm living Fellas, grab your honeys, ladies, hold on tight This baby car, y'all This is how I'm living to the top, to the beat, we're gonna rock, it don't stop, this is how I'm living, yo, fellas grab your honeys, ladies hold on tight, this baby part, y'all, this is how I'm living, on the rise to the top, to the beat, we're gonna rock, it don't stop. Stop a real hip hop flipping lids over beats, freestyling at the track meet. 
So remain in your seat because it's three people. My name ain't Jordan and my flow is far from boring. It's enduring, soaring over slouches, rolling the boom in back rooms on couches and houses, lounging under ACs with ladies, laying down a lyrical foreplay by SCJ. So bear witness the mental fitness. Who can get with this new jack apprentice? So I'm about to set it with the ultra magnetic. Folk to be sweated, embedding heads. Better recognize than all of the tough guys. Catch slugs from the magic rock thugs. So pay attention to the message that I'm sending. Mad rules I'm bending. This is how I'm living. Yo, fellas, grab your honeys, ladies, hold on tight. This baby car, y'all. This is how I'm living. On the rise to the top. Took the beat, we're gonna rock it. Don't stop. This is how I'm living. Yo, fellas, grab your honeys, ladies, hold on tight. This baby car, y'all. This is how I'm living. On the rise to the top. Took the beat, we're gonna rock it. Don't stop. This is how I'm living. Yeah. Alright folks, welcome back to the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. It's your boy Trey Frazier and Maestro Styles yep. here in the house with y'all tonight, y'all. Alright folks, uh, we got a special guest on the line here, and I just want to introduce you folks to her. Um, she is the current principal of the KIPP schools, charter schools right here in Washington, D.C., um, she legendary. Has, yes, yes, absolutely. Legendary school system, legendary school in the, in the city. I've been trying to get my kids in there for years. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, she also owns the Leadership Playground, um, which is an organization that she designed as well. And she's got a book that's coming out. It's called Every Place. It comes out uh, this Friday, March thirty first. And we're glad to have you on, Miss Philanda Johnson. How you doing? I am wonderful. Good evening, fellas. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no appreciate problem. It, appreciate it. No problem. So um, let's let's start with this. So, what inspired you to finally write a book of this nature? You know, Trace, so many things really inspired me to, to write this book. I would say that it's been on my heart to actually write a book. For, for years now, and I really uh, felt a tug from God on my heart to write this book for Christian entrepreneurs. I, like you shared, uh, recently started my company, The Leadership Playground, um, that focuses on helping leaders stand out and become the best versions of themselves. And so in my own journey as an entrepreneur and as a believer, I really wanted a resource, a book that would help me to get clear about my purpose, to become fearless in my pursuit of really launching a business um, where God is the center. And so that's where every place came from, uh, a, a, a desire to uh, create a book that can be a resource, a tool for other Christian entrepreneurs like myself who really want to create a business that will honor God while also um, really putting to good use their talents and their, their skill set. Dope. Fernanda, so tell me, uh, we got we got a few listeners on in, in the uh, chat room and all that. Um, tell, us, uh, tell us why we need to uh, put this book in our library. Yes, well, I love that question. I think there's so many reasons why you should put this book in your library. Now, can I, One, can I, can I tell you, I, I read the first chapter last night, and um, I, 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 I followed the notes and did all the... Um, 
you know, all the exercises. And I got to say, it's definitely a, um, it, it, it's a, uh, it's very, it allows you to be reflective. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And that's, that's honestly like the first thing I love about the book. Um, I wanted it to be a tool that would ask and require and challenge people to be reflective. So what I love in, in really uh, leveraging my, my experience over a decade of experience as, as a principal and educator, I believe in encouraging people to be reflective. And so what you will find in the book is so many opportunities to really be thoughtful and reflective about your journey as a, as a Christian, your journey as an entrepreneur, and really encouraging people to be thoughtful about the business they want to create. So first, there's tons of opportunities to be reflective. Secondly, it's an easy read. It's edible. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's intriguing. I share tons of my own journey um, as a believer, as a woman of God, as an entrepreneur in the text as an attempt to really connect with the readers and inspire them to continue to be their best selves as they reflect on their past experiences. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, throughout the book, there are so many awesome resources available to readers. So not only is the book, uh, which is about 105 pages, full of exercise and reflection and affirmations and scriptures, but there's also a link to access additional resources on my website so that readers can continue the work to design a business um, that where God is the center um, beyond the text. So there's tons of resources outside of just the book available to readers who, who decide to put this book on their shelf. Dope. Now, uh, we got a chat room here, and, um, you know, we, we, we lower to our listeners. I got a, a comment from the homie, that ninja. He's a, a, one of our A1 Day Ones. And uh, his comment is, is will it help heathens as well? What, what's, will what's it help message? what? Will, your, will this book, uh, will this book um, his, his exact comment is, Christian entrepreneurs, will it help heathens as well? So uh, what's, what, um, is this relatable to the Gentiles of the world? <laughs> Absolutely. So what I try to put in the book, the, 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 the target market, the target reader is definitely folks who are who are Christians and in, who believe in God but that but and you know my background in being a principal I received my master's in leadership there's there's sound business practices in this book um, and so in one of the chapters uh, and one of the downloadables available to, to readers who who purchased the book is an exercise that actually guides folks through creating a mission vision um, ideal client profile for their business. And so not only does it um, provide um, reminders for believers, but it also provides just sound business resources uh, and practices for folks who are really trying to, to build a business um, that will have an impact on, on their target market while also making sure that they're able to thrive financially as well. So Great, great. So you're listening to Philanda Johnson right here on the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Author of Every Place. Yes, yes. So, Philanda, so as I try to tie your book into sports, because we are a sports podcast. And I don't want my mm -hmm. people to be upset with you. <laughs> I want them to purchase your book. Absolutely, absolutely. So, one of your, and we, we appreciate you giving us a sneak peek of your book, you know, before it hits stores here. But I had a chance to glance at one of your chapters in the book, and it talks about fear factor mm -hmm. and overcoming some of the fears that, you know, happen to take place in life. 
I can tie that chapter into a more recent sports story involving Colin Kaepernick, who was the former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And in case you didn't know, he was the gentleman that took a knee during the national mm-hmm. anthem at the start of the season last year. Um, I would have to think that a person like him may have had that fear factor going into thinking about doing, you know, such a thing and to see him do what he did to bring attention to what's been taking place in America towards black people. I think it's a great example of overcoming uh, fear. So, you know, what what do you think about that? Absolutely. I, I, I think in a, in a, you encourage me to think about how I can tie my text into um, sports and, and how it can be connected to athletes. And I immediately connected connected it to the chapter you brought up. Um, I 100% agree. And I think the one thing that all people can connect with is how fear can, if it's able to gain roots in your life, can completely throw you off from your purpose and uh, your, your your desired outcome for your life. And so when I'm hearing you talk about him and just thinking about how this book can connect to, to all of our listeners, I definitely think it's the piece around breaking through fear. And there's a section of my book that I really love and was really excited to, to, to add, and it's in the fear factor section, and it's towards the tail end of the chapter, and I call it Breaking the Fear Code Habits. And I think as we are leaders, athletes, business owners, whatever our, 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 our wheelhouse may be in terms of what we do, we must break the fear code in our life. And when I think about the habits that I, that I put forth and encourage people to consider in breaking that fear code that I think is really relevant to the story you just talked about is actually fear code habit number one, which is humble yourself and eliminate the roots of worry and anxiety in your life. No when I think about what he did is, you know, he could have easily, um, you know, decided not to take the stand he did for social justice, but he was able to humble himself he, he eliminated any doubt or any anxiety he might have in terms of what the backlash he could receive from him making the stand that he's consistently has made. Um, and so I think he's a wonderful example of breaking the fear code and really implementing that habit, number one. And I think when I think about the fear code habits, I think this is a wonderful thing for all people, whether you're believers or not, to really implement in their lives to achieve the success that they want to achieve on the field and off the field. Okay. Dope, dope. Now, um, before you go, um, I got two questions. Um, one, can you um, explain the title of Every uh, every Place? Yes, 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 yes. So, Every Place, so I've been writing this book for over a year now, and I've, I've gone through so many different titles. And my prayer, consistent prayer to God, was for a title that would really resonate with me and I think would resonate for the target market and audience that I was writing the book for. And I I had that specific prayer to God, and he brought me to one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, uh, favorite books in the Bible, which is is Joshua. Um, And the title of my book, Every Place, and the subtitle is, When Our Intimacy with God Transforms How We Experience Fear and Launch Our Master Purpose Business. And so when I was thinking about the title of the book, God brought me to Joshua 1 and 3 that says, Every place the sole of your feet will tread upon I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses. 
And so when that scripture popped out to me, I was like, that is it. (laughs) It is done. (laughs) And I, I, again, I think that is a wonderful um, affirmation for believers and non-believers, athletes, non-athletes, for how we should pursue our purpose and destiny in life, to know that every place we will go has already been blessed by God. Great. You're listening to Philanda Johnson right here on the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. So, um, Philanda, one last thing for you. So, um, where can people go out and buy the book? Can they go into the stores or can they go online? Yes. So, thank you for for asking. So, my book will be available for purchase on my website, www.philandajohnson.com. That is www.philonda. J-O-H-N-S-O-N dot com. Um, I am excited. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm excited to be self-publishing this book and putting it out to the world as of this Friday. Oh, Dope. awesome, awesome. Get God and get money. Absolutely. So one final thing before we let you out. Uh, let everybody know what your social media outlets are. You have Instagram. Do you have Facebook, Twitter? Yes, so my major um, platform is definitely Facebook. You can find me at Philanda Johnson on Facebook. I also have a page for my business, The Leadership Playground. And so those are the main ways that I stay connected um, with my tribe. Dope, dope. Great. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on here for a few minutes, sharing everything with us. Um, Take care. Have a good evening. And make sure uh, y'all get that book, man. Stop playing these games, man. Y'all, y'all trying to get this money, you know, it's wild, getting wild in the world, man. We need to get this money. We need to stop depending on folks. We need to start creating our own economy, man. So everybody talking about they want to answer of how us as people can rise, man. And she, she definitely dropping dimes to deal with them first steps of how, uh, you know, you need to get to the place where you need to get to, man. I appreciate the time, fellas. Thank you so much for having me, and be blessed to all of your listeners. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was Philanda Johnson, um, the current principal at KIPP Charter Schools right here in Washington, D.C. If you got any Washington, D.C. listeners, man, let me tell you something. If you ain't got your kid in KIPP, D.C., I don't know what's wrong with you. You got to get your kid. The wait list is, 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 is... out there, it, the, the wait list is out there. Yeah, let's be clear. Definitely, I know Philanda Johnson. <laughs> yes, and my kids is not in Kip DC. I'm trying to tell you, it's it, it's real. It's real. If your kid Kip DC is one of the biggest schools in the DC area, so you know, definitely, definitely, no question about it. And just a side Ms. note, Johnson. Yes, and, and and a side note, and uh, we we appreciate it uh, that Ninja. I'm I'm glad that you got a kick out of uh, the interview there. Um, Philanda Johnson is one of my first cousins. Um, both of our mothers are actually, you know, sisters and all that. So, you know, it was, it was nice to have her on. And, you know, when she first told me about the book, I said, oh, I, I got to get her on. You know, I got to look out for family and all that good stuff. So um, I see DJ Queen what representing up? the X Squad up in the chat room. What up? Was good, was good. Appreciate you joining us. So um, so let's let's get into it, Maestro. Um, your your thoughts on? I mean, like I said, man, I'm I I literally just saw it in the email yesterday. Right. You know what I'm saying? Me and you had a long conversation about some other stuff, and yep. by the time I got off the phone with you, um, I was like, shit, I got to read a hundred pages in one night, <laughs> and 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 be and be like, I could have could I have spared read through the book? Yeah, right. I could have did that, but I wanted to try to um. 
you know, experience the book the way she, you know, she wanted, wants readers to experience it. And um, so when I do it that way, I normally, I'll, I'll get a pad, jot down notes, and if there's exercises, like she got plenty of exercises in there for you, right. I'll do the exercises. You know, I, I really try to get the experience of the book, man. And like I said, man, if you're looking for a, a read, an easy, and it's literally 105 pages, it's an easy read. But it's easy read. Well, it's an easy read for me because it's 105 pages. Right, and it's so, an easy read for me because not only is it 105 pages, but the book in certain areas has these exercises, so it's almost as if the book is asking you to fill out you know these brackets and fill out these you know fill in the blanks about. Well, I, yeah, I did. I did. Like, what you think? What you, I'll, I'll even I'll I'll tell you how real I am. I'll Snapchat my I'll Snapchat my notes or a page of my notes. Uh, matter of fact, I do it now because um, I definitely last night um, you know read read through a chapter. I, I wanted to take the experience right. of a reader, so I'd be able to have an opinion about you know. What she's doing, right, right. Now, like I said, it's definitely a dope reflective read. Yep. Um, if you need a reflective read, so um, I would, I would um, recommend it to anybody that's looking to do those types of things. Absolutely, and, and it's real resourceful, um, especially for you know, like the example I brought up with Colin Kaepernick. You know, for people that are trying to overcome their fear, no matter what they do in life. This is definitely the book and definitely the exercise for you. And I hope that you guys make sure y'all go out and uh, cop that book and, you know, support her. Um, let me address that ninja. He says, got a couple questions here. Uh, yes, ninja, we are we are cousins. I, I, I did say that. And then, uh, ninja, and you're not... And look out for family, nigga. Yeah, Ninja, um, does she have an audio version? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't and know. I don't I don't want to be disrespectful because, you know, my grandfather was blind, you know, God rest his soul, so I don't know if you have anybody in your family that's sightless or anything like that, so maybe that was a reason why you're asking, or maybe you're just trying to be that ninja, so. No, I think he just don't want to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense to me. I, like, I'm not. I'm not big on. I'm learning as I get older that I need to read. Right. But um, I would. Um, I would definitely. But I'm learning that I need to read. So, but if you're not a reader, audio books work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think. Yeah. Get, I guess. I. I just never yeah. thought of it. For me, it was just like because it. people ain't hip to. Um, people ain't hip to that, man. Uh, no. People no. ain't really hip to audio books yet. And, 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 maybe, and they've been be, around for years. Yeah. You know, they've had cassette tapes. My grandfather, when and he was alive. And that's what he said. No, it's easier to listen. You can do stuff while listening. All right. Much respect. Right. Yeah, yeah, Much yeah. respect, Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But those, those audio books, um, my grandfather used to use cassette tapes, you know, back in the day. And he had a, you know, cassette recorder and things like that. So audio books have kind of been out for such a long time. It's just, at least in my eyes, they were more catered to the blind back then. But, you know, as we enter this new era of technology, I guess it does make sense to, you know, have to listen to something, yeah, you know, my, while you're doing podcast. other things. Yeah, yeah, my absolutely. Yeah. And, and you can multitask, you know, while, while you're doing so. Uh, yeah. 240. Hold on, let me, let me, just, let me I, I feel like I need to acknowledge that the internet love of my life did enter the chat room. Don't switch. What's up, girl? Yeah, you know, yeah, I see I seen know her pop I, up in here. You know how I internet feel about you, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely wanted to make sure I make make acknowledgement of her. Yeah, I haven't seen her since. 
that uh, I think she popped up in the That's middle fine. of the That's interview, fine. but That's cool. That's she's cool. busy. You know what I'm saying? All right. Fancy. She fancy with ambitions. You know. Don't question her. All right. Well, you, you know better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> 240-532-2718 is the number to dial the show. Whatever you want to talk about, we're talking NBA, we're talking Final Four, and anything else you want to talk about, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. And the cleanest, and still I'm kind of fiendish when I'm at this. Been doing this for eons, peons, best to catch this vision of excellence, precise rapping ability. About to make some dead presidents, back in the million G. The money though, it's got people acting funny, yo. As soon as some brothers get some light, they be like dummies, yo. Products and puppets and pawns getting played out. When authentic brothers step up, respect be laid out. Major effect to your sector, I'm the corrector. Live and direct, waving my mic like a scepter. Supreme, exalted, universal leader, descendant. Of the kings and queens, the overseer, the overlord, cream of the crop, creme de la creme. Spent years building with cats in the streets, so they my men. Again, Gangstar has done it. Remember too much jewels back in the days, you'd have to run it. Check it, the ground be hot under our feet, so we be listening to beats to keep the cypher complete. Whether you kids be holding on the block all day, or you be puffing lie out in the back hallway, or whether you be in school or in the library, wherever you are, baby Paul, realize that your essence is divine, son. And let it shine, son, as we refine, son. Hey, yo, this will blow your mind, son. We're royalty. She greets me and treats me like royalty. Works with me, giving herself by my side. She don't sweat me for loot, my fame, or my ride. A lot of ladies out there be looking lovely, but they don't got no control of their life. Inside, they're ugly. Word to Bugsy, enter red alert. Sway in tech and funk master flex to make your head jerk. Chicks go berserk when they see us in the spot. Casey, Jojo, and Primo creeping to the top. And to the sweethearts out there breaking hearts. While we're taking part of this hip-hop art. Listen, yo, the best way, it ain't always the fast way. And yes, the best way, it ain't always to act nasty. I'll open up the door always before you pass me, baby doll, because you're royalty. Whatever I do, wherever I go, I want to tell nothing less than the best. Whatever I choose, I choose to do. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Casey. 
Jojo! Devontae! <laughs> I, I had to get that in there. Alright, y'all, we back. It's the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Maestro Styles and Trey yeah. Frazier here in the house. So, um, hey, Thorny Switch just popped back up. Um, hey, the Lakers. Um, we, we had to talk about this a couple weeks ago with uh, the ownership group and them trying to fight over um, ownership and all that stuff. So, finally, it came out just the other day that Jeannie Buss basically removed her brother from a yeah. trust of the team. And so, finally, she has full control of, you know, operations for the Lakers. So, that, that's a big, big dope, win. Dope. Woman, a woman running, running a basketball team, essentially. Yeah. Dope. Absolutely. Um, Loving just, it. Just understand that the pressure's all on you. Oh, no question about it's it. All more on more you. than Magic Johnson? More, nah, I, I think it's all on her. I think it's all on her. I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Here's my, here's my thing. And, 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 and before, yeah. I think she can handle it. Sure. But it's all on her. I, I got a different take on that. Um, Jeannie Buss... In comparison to Magic Johnson, we know Magic Johnson is a face of that organization yeah, from the time he played till up until his best Laker ever. Absolutely, I have an inkling that the pressure is going to be on him more so than Jeannie Buss, and the reason I say that is because he's not, you know, just the general manager. He's VP of basketball operations, so yeah. he's calling the shots on the court. He's calling the shots in the front office. He's doing all that stuff. But so. all he got to do is make a couple of dumb mistakes, and it's going to go right back to Genie Bus. Uh, that's not to say that Matt Johnson is going to make a stupid mistake. But if he make a, a, a few mis- if he come in and feel Jackson in situation, right, the, it's going right back to Genie. <sighs> and it's, and that is possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Right. I'm saying it's possible. If the, if it if now if what's the come reason? In, what's the reason? What's the reason? Why, yeah. Why would it? Why would the because, pressure go back to Genie? Because Genie, you got to understand that Genie's been, you know, for the past, I don't know, three, four years, been on these press runs every now and then talking about, you know, having to, you know, support her brother. And since Daddy having, passed away. Right. And yep. then having to come into the situation. Now, she's coming into this where, she, you know, she's pretty much taking the, I don't want to say heat, but she's taking much taking the blame mm-hmm. or the... She's the, she's responsible for this quote unquote Laker revolution that may or may not happen, right? Because she made she took the, the she took what was um she took the cancers of the organization, yep. And she's directly responsible, at least to us, right. directly responsible for getting the cancer out of the organization. Mm-hmm. So if she does that and then brings another cancer in the organization, not saying you know. That 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 could look funny. Any any little questionable any little questionable things Magic Johnson does, even if it turns out to be good in the right, end, right. that's going to flow back to Jeannie to, to Jeannie Buss, I think. Okay, maybe in a sense that Jeannie sought Magic, and 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 not that Magic was going to turn this job down. This was this was one of Magic's dreams to yeah, be a part yeah. I mean, of the Lakers front office, co- and obviously he coached yeah. for what for mm-hmm. a short stint, so. Um, but, but to me, again, it just comes down to what's on the floor. And the person still responsible for that is Magic Johnson. Now, yeah, no, 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 no. You're, you're absolutely right in the fact that um, 
he's responsible for, I mean, he's responsible for the Lakers, whether they're going to be playing good basketball or not. Right. Genie's going to be cutting checks and yeah. writing checks out. Right. But that's but it's, it's the same way that Jim Buss got, Jim Buss was essentially doing the same thing that Genie was doing. Right? Uh, sure, but he had Mitch Kupchak as the GM. Right, but Jim Buss was taking more. I'm not saying Jim Jim Buss was the evil. Jim Buss was Hitler, and Mitch Kupchak was the victim of him being. But Hitler. do you? But, but do, do you? That, think, that's how it was perceived. Anyway. But, but, but do you think that was because I think when Mr. Buss, Father Papa Buss, okay, was still I was alive, called it Jim Mister Papa Buss. Gotcha, gotcha. When he was still alive. And the Lakers were winning titles, mm-hmm. you know, 08, I mean, not 08, 09, 10, and even going back to the Shaq and Kobe and Magic yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, it's very easy to point out the reason they were successful. Obviously, it's the players, but most folks point to Dr. Buss as being one of the greatest owners of a franchise yeah. in sports mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. So he easily gets a pass if things, you know, didn't go the way they did. Like when they were trying to go for it all in 2004 and it didn't work out. Okay. You know, he got a pass. Right. Which, they, which he should have. But yeah. Which he, he should have. I, I agree. Totally yeah. agree. Um, but I think, I think, uh, I finish your point. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I think the pro, I think the issue, I think the reason that Jim Buss took so much heat is because he didn't have a situation where he was the guy pulling the trigger and they became successful. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. there was there was this perception that when the Lakers were successful, it was because of Papa Buss. When something went down, when something was a failure, it was Jim Buss. So okay. I, I think th- I think the reason he took that heat was because of that. But now that the structure of management has kind of changed now, but you don't think, but you don't think, and, that... and even Mitch Kupchak, even mm-hmm. Mitch took yeah some credit, and even people still gave Mitch Kupchak a pass, right? And that's why I'm saying he was like the victim of the evil right. son who took over the organization, right? Now, so you don't think that that speaks more to the point that if. Uh, if moves aren't made, is they're going to look at Genie like the way they looked at Jim, they're not going to look at Genie. Because let's be clear, Genie got Jim the fuck out of here. That's how we're perceiving yes. it, even though that's not necessarily Agreed. the case. And, and she hired Magic. Yeah. I get that so, part. So for me, I'm thinking, again, she's the person who stepped out to the world and said, I'm going to fix the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, she's been hinting on to it for years. Right. Right. There's these issues that's going on with me and my brother. Right. And it got to a point where I now I can get you the fuck up out of here. I got you the fuck up out of here. Right. Now it's my organization to run. Yep. Now if splash plays, if splash, you know things happen. You know, mm-hmm. you know trades and pickups and things of that nature. Right. Those things happen and they work out. They're going to immediately say the only thing that they, the only two things that they can. Immediately connotate that to is yep. Jeannie Bustle Magic Johnson. Right. Now, again, based on prior, you know, recent history, it seems like Jim Buss was the bad person making all the bad moves. Right. I think, let's just be thinking, mm-hmm. I'm not the best thinker, um, that they would, because Jim Buss was making those moves, right. 
they would or we would assume that Genie Bus is doing the same, is playing the same right. role that Jim Bus is playing. And while Jim Bus made those moves, Mitch Kupchak was still in the office. Right, but again, and people stayed away from criticizing but, him. Right, exactly. That's and that's what I'm saying. They right. didn't criticize Mitch Kupchak per se. Right, they got in Jim Bus shit. Right, you sure. know what I'm saying. So even if it was Magic Johnson's fault for whatever happened that didn't work. It's a, I think that they're going to say, all right, yeah, Magic Johnson was there, but Jeannie Buss signed it off. Well, I got another angle to this. Sure. I think one of the best attributes about Magic Johnson is that he's one of the better businessmen, you know, that we, we've seen around. I, I, can sure. res- I, can respect, I can respect him as a business owner because no matter how many things he ventures into from joining the Lakers, which he's done, front office, from owning owner stateship of the uh, L.A. Dodgers. Starbucks. Starbucks. Nigga, Magic Johnson Theater in Largo. I, like, Magic Johnson Theater. That's still one of the better, I, like, even though Largo Town Center is just smutted out, Boulevard is just smutted out. Right. That's still one of the better theaters you go to in, sure. in, 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 in this area. Sure. And, and wherever else he's got his Magic Johnson Theaters, Definitely yeah, one I'm of the better. I can only speak about the Boulevard. No, absolutely. Shout out to the Lago Boulevard. But one of the better, you know, investments that he's made was into the theaters, and then, you know, some of the failures. Mm-hmm. Um, the Magic Hour. Yeah. Um, Him as a coach didn't work out. Him as a coach. Um, I mean, but that's business, though. That, but it's, bu- it's that's business. business. It's business. Oh, I know. Oh, my nigga, my man, we got oh. the homeboy. We we got the we got the sheriff, aka Sharice Saeed. We got the homeboy in the building. Yes, yes, yes. we still here, man. No, What's he's good? Talking, he's talking about the uh, Lago. Uh, he's talking about the Boulevard. Yeah, it's still oh. there, man. Oh, okay. We still go there and get and get twelve out of twelve out of tickets. Man. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, I've been there. It was a little while ago. How much the matinees cost? I don't know, nigga. Oh, and it's funny because all I used to go to was matinees. When I got divorced, all I used to go to was matinees, like nigga. Right. Like, all that, that's all I used to go. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so getting back to my magic point, though. The fact that he's had ups and downs throughout his business career, I think, puts him out there in the front as to if the Lakers don't get enough talent or they don't start winning right away, then people are going to point to him as a scapegoat and say, hey, see, look, Magic Johnson's getting into stuff again and he can't, you know, he's getting into these business ventures and he's still failing. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's part of the reason why I think it's going to fall on Magic's arms now here's the other thing real quickly he can he can hire a gm if he wanted to yeah or he can That's just facts. take the responsibility on himself facts. so you think he gonna what do you think he gonna do i think i think he's gonna take it on himself i exactly yeah i think he's gonna ride it out for a couple years three years maybe see where the team is at and if he feels like you know what this isn't working for me. Maybe I better hire somebody else that's got a little bit more knowledge. A little bit more, more knowledge than Magic Johnson. Um, it's possible. I mean, I mean, I mean it's, 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 not it's not extreme yeah, more. Right. It's not that extreme, but, Magic, you know, because yeah. have you ever heard of Magic Johnson scouting somebody? Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So maybe there's a scout that could be a GM and maybe take on that role but, and see, do but all you, that. But you, but you also got to understand that the name, the brand, the name Magic Johnson is a scouter in itself. 
No doubt. So he ain't got to be no amazing scout. Mm-hmm. Nigga, it, it might be a little line of niggas trying to play for the Lakers now that Magic Johnson is in is in all. Is True in story. Situation. True story. Yes. Paul yeah. George might want to play over Right. There. So in your opinion, how long does it take for the Lakers to turn, around, turn it around? Do they turn it around? Okay. Are we talking championship? I'm talking title contending. I'm talking back. Back to glory. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's they start. Are, it's the Lakers and the Celtics historically. So, yeah, I'm talking back to glory. So, let's talk about the landscape right now. Paul George, I believe, is a free agent after this season. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's not going to resign with the Pacers. I believe he might go back to his home state and play for the Lakers. So, okay. you have an opportunity there to pick up a... Uh, a middle tier star, I mean, superstar. I, mean, I think I think healthy at his best, top ten. Yeah, yeah, top healthy ten. At his best, you got a 10. chance to pick up a top ten player. Um, Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics, I think, is a a free agent. If not after this Celtics year, locking him up. No way he's leaving. Um, no way he's leaving. It, it depends. I'm interested to see what they're going to do because you know they got the Nets draft picks in yeah. this coming draft. Yeah. So if they get a top three pick. And Lonzo Ball and some of these other guards that's coming out are projected to go one, two, three. Mm-hmm. What do the Celtics do? Do they trade out of that, or do they go ahead and it, get their guy? It would be. It would be. Well, you you bring an interesting point, but it you you, you can't get it out of there. It they're going to sign it. No, I, I mean and, I could see that happening. They're going to sign him for what he's done. Yep. But what you. I think what you're going to find in IT, and I know we're not talking about the Celtics, and so I'll make it quick. Right. They're going to sign IT, but they're going to find out he's not, he's just too small. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be the, the guy he is right now when they give him the contract. Right. They're going, to, they're going to game plan for this dude, and he's not going to be that same guy. But wouldn't that make the Celtics kind of say, well, he's small? Well, he's no, 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 an no, no, no. average like defender? No, like I said, mm-hmm. they're going to pick him up for what he's done. Like, let's be clear. He's the biggest name yep. in Boston since what KG, you know, since Paul KG Pierce. and yep. uh, yeah, right, mm-hmm. Paul Pierce. That's a better way to say it. Yep, uh, better name to say. He's the biggest star since then. Yep. Um, fourth quarter, like they leading the league in fourth quarter the points. Fourth quarter. Yep. That's good enough for them to say when when it's time to come to the table because right now they got an opportunity to be the number one seed. Yep. In the East, no doubt. So based off of this dude. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could. I don't know whatever name you could mention right. on this squad right now to give. If you had to give one person a contract, a percentage of credit yep. for what's happening in Boston right now, um, I think everybody is clear in saying that it is the dude you got to give credit to. No question, no question. So, if they, and if they do give him a contract, and I, then I, and obviously the cap is so much bigger. Yep, he's going to get paid, and I'm. And, and I I will refer to this. Forever, mm-hmm. Bradley Bill got overpaid. Now he's earning his contract right now. Oh, I was going to say he's definitely he's, earning it. He's, <laughs> he's earning he's the shit of his contract right now. Yeah, but if you're telling me when he got signed, he right. was worth that money, right? Nah, nobody believed that. Oh, nah, nobody. Believed but that. how many years is that contract for Bill? Uh, four. Okay, four so we're getting Before what we're years. getting for the money in year one. Now let's see year two, year three, year four, and the same with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, when they give him that new contract, they're going to give him the money. Year one, the money, they'll ball. 
They're giving him money because he's he's selling tickets. Right. He's selling tickets in Boston, mm-hmm. and they got to give him a shot to prove his worth. Right, right. Um, Sharif said he thinks four years for the Lakers to kind of get back to prominence, which to me tells me they would have it. They would have at least two off seasons what, to get some superstars would have to on that in team. Four, in my opinion, what would have to happen in four years for them to become that squad mm-hmm. is Paul George would have to come to LA. Yep. That's one. Yep. Number two, um, D'Angelo Russell would have to become a point guard. Yep. Um, and Julius Randle. Um, I think you could live without Julius Randle. You could pick up another big guy and, and, and be successful. If he if, if he got put to the bench for somebody better, right. they'd be fine. Now, what if he improves? Then I, I would oh, say or that, that too. But I'm or that too. But I, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about Julius Randle right now. No, so, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's so fair. Uh, you know, so four years means because four years that's not a, that's a short time. I mean, it, it is short. That's a short time. And, you know, to go through two off-seasons to try to build yourself back up to at least being a top-five team in the league, or I should dare I say in the, in the West, um, it's, it's such a short time to do that. So I, I, I agree with Sharif. I think four years, four is, years is, reasonable. is definitely, so definitely reasonable. If it doesn't happen in four years, does something need to happen, or do they should they be patient? If it doesn't happen in four years, then like I said about Magic taking on the role, I think he'll say, you know what, let me take the heat off myself. Let me go get a GM that's got experience with scouting players and getting this thing back on the map. I, Gene, I think that he does that. If it doesn't happen in four years right. and they pick up, you know, Sid, star player, Paul George, whoever, mm-hmm. does, does Genie panic and blow up the organization? Um, you're talking from roster to front office? Front office more so I'm talking about. Front office more so? More so I'm talking about. Man, can you imagine the headline? Magic getting fired from... I mean, he's getting fired from the Lakers as a coach before, but... Yeah, quickly, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, can you imagine what the headline would be now? You know, great Laker gets fired from the Lakers. Like, I don't know how, how much bad of a PR... Stunt that would be, but I, I hope for Jeannie's sake that she doesn't panic. Big L brings up a great point. Uh, Westbrook can leave after next year. That that is true, Big L. Does Thanks for pointing that, that out. Now let's be clear: mm-hmm. if Westbrook goes to LA, they don't need to get Paul George. Now, would I love them to get Paul George? Mm-hmm. In in addition to that, yeah, sure. But um, they, um, I think Paul George would welcome that because sure. now. Because it would take have, pressure off of exactly. Paul George. Yep. Because Westbrook obviously takes it on willingly. Exactly. He ain't got no problem being the... the he the, could be that stone-cold killer that he is now yeah, for the Lakers. Yeah, and he's going to turn up, like, you know... No question about it. he ain't already turned up. No no question about it. So, hi, so you cool, and, I, and, and, that's, and let me put my opinion out there. I'm totally cool with Westbrook averaging 25, 8, and 8. I'm great for the that. LA Lakers and I'm great Paul George coming behind them with 28 and, you know, four. Yes, absolutely. A, yeah, come on. And then role players that... And just just some just some shooters. Shooters, yep. Some shooters and some... And, some, and a big man. And a big man that can two. protect... Give me two. Two big men? Give me two. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's for points. That's fair. just somebody, to, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because you, you need the rim protect. Yeah. You, you definitely need to do that. So, uh, speaking of Westbrook, though... Um, 
let's talk about him because he's been on a triple double tear the last week. Yeah, um, but and you can go ahead and get his stats out real quick. But yeah, I mean, I don't have the stats. Okay, 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 cool. But off the top, I, but I, I'll tell you what I feel, man. And um, see, here's the thing: um, they just recently played the Rockets, mm-hmm. right? Yep, Sunday afternoon. And um, I didn't watch the game. But I know they were. I know. Go out. I, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it was nasty. That was, yeah. It was nasty. And, Shot him out the gym. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, James Harden has pretty comparative numbers. Not a triple double, right? But pretty comparative numbers, mm-hmm. and he is the sole reason. Even though they got a better supporting cast, right? He's the sole reason why they're winning these games. And um, it's like, as much as I want to say Westbrook should get it because he's averaging a triple-double, he got an opportunity to be be Oscar Robinson for most um, triple-doubles in the season. Yep. Um, man, I, I, again, man, I gotta, I, I, I gotta give it to, I, I gotta give it to, uh, to Harden at this point, man. The I MVP? As MVP. Um, so with you on yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I've been fighting you about this since the Super Bowl was over. Yeah. Um, but. Our boy, yeah. the microwave, um, shout out to John Fisher, the microwave. He had a show earlier today, and, um, I called in the show when we talked about Harden and Westbrook, and I said, look. For me, it's hard, man. Um, yeah, and I fought with you. I fought with you, too. Yeah. It, for, for me, it's just more about the comparables from last year to this year and what the knock on Harden was. It was Harden doesn't share the ball enough. He's a ball hog. Well, and, he, he, and he was until he got into a system yep. that allowed him to be. And now he's leading the league in assists. Yes, absolutely. And almost averaging a triple-double himself right, almost. Right. So He said I'm playing defense, but... Shit. Uh, the nigga almost added a triple-double. Look, it's the his stats have to impact the wins and loss record. Yeah. Not that it's not affecting the Thunder because they are above 500 and they're in the sixth spot right. in the West. Right. But the Rockets are in the three spot in the West. To me, that's saying And at this point, at the end of... They're a better team than right. the Thunder. And at this point, at the end of March, um, there's nothing that's about to happen where the, where the Rockets aren't considered, um, I don't think they're going to the finals, but they got to be considered in that conversation of who's going to the finals. Dark horse. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? They're my dark horse. Yeah. Um, So, I I I tell you who... Shout out to Grego, by the way. I need to shout out Grego because um, this nigga woke right now. Yeah, he's taking shots right now. And and I got to respect it, even though I don't fuck with the Patriots. The Patriots can kiss my ass for all I care. But I gotta respect it because if it was the Steelers that won that Super Bowl, especially in that fashion, right now, still in March, I'd be sending shots the same way. Oh, I so if your team wins anything, any title, you'd be no, no, bragging no, no, no. for if the, the entire offseason. If the beat the Falcons that way, like went down by 25, yep. and then, yep. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, right now, I'd still be talking shit. Oh, no, so, no question. So, the interesting thing about this is there's Falcon fans in this chat room. And ain't nobody saying shit. You know what I'm saying? You saying? know, Sluggo. Yeah, Sluggo's ain't in here. saying nothing. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's kind of keeping quiet. So, Grego's been doing this all day long. It made genius for not saying nothing. Right, right. Yeah, and, I mean, what can you really say at this point? And, and, and by the way... Sluggo, you shouldn't say nothing. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, Grego, I 
hope your daughter gets well soon. Um, you know, I'm uh, not even hip to that, but absolutely. Yeah, I, well, Greg will kind of put it out there, so okay. I'll, I'll just put it out there. Um, his daughter does uh, cheerleading, and uh, just so happens that a weight dropped on her foot, so Jesus. she had to go to the do- yeah, doctor no, and stuff and get that taken care sure, of. So. Don't you start that shit in here? What? Hell to the Redskins. Oh, don't you start that shit, Sharif? Again. You, you. I don't know if you listened to our last I'm, week's show, but we we ripped that into shit we ripped into the Redskins. They trying to get Josh Gordon. I heard. Oh yeah. Yeah, I heard they trying to get Josh Gordon. Oh okay. Yeah. More, more dysfunction. Yeah. More more dysfunction. But I did read an interesting stat the other day. What's they that? don't have a wide receiver under six three right now. They don't have a wide receiver under six three. The Redskins. The Redskins. They don't have a wide receiver under six three. Is that good or is that bad? Um, well, Terrell Pryor is fast, so we ain't got to worry about speed. Right. Josh Doxson is young, we ain't got to worry about speed. Right. Um, like, who's so, the possession guy for the Skins? Well, uh, that remains to be seen, because I, I don't Draft. even remember who the other guys are. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I saw an Instagram post the other day that said, that was saying that all those guys are over 6'3", so it's like, they, they're jumping over, they're jumping over corners, they're jumping over safeties. And sure, we, and we already know what Terrell Pryor do in in the deep, you know. Sure, you know in the in the passing. Oh, game. and they could run some trick plays for him. Like they could have him throw the ball down the field if they so choose to on a few of those plays. So I, I can see that. Uh, Sharif says there's nothing good about us right now. You're damn right. Sharif. I mean, I mean, y'all paying Kirk Cousins twenty four mil. You damn right. <laughs> the the team is just blowing apart like they always do, man. Just when you think they got it right. Yeah, they definitely messed it up. They they, they mess it all up, man. Hey, shout out to the homeboy Devin Booker, twenty year old yeah, cat man. with the Phoenix Suns, dropped seventy points. No, no, <laughs> but you lost, man. Yeah, but look, I saw somebody post on um, on Facebook like the the day after it happened, mm-hmm. and somebody said to me or say or said that. Um, he is the best two guard in the NBA. Why would what? somebody say that? What? Yeah, and so without, I just need somebody. To, I, I need somebody to be to mm. open their minds because I, I don't follow Devin Booker. Let's be clear. Right. I do not give a damn about the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. Um, but it's not so much that it's it's moronic to say that. Somebody other than James Harden is the best two guard I mean, in the league. It's yeah. ironic because everybody and anybody I mean, that call... watches basketball or is an NBA fan or a casual NBA fan but knows. But let me let me stop you. Let, uh, me, let me let me let me uh, play devil's advocate, if you will. But is James Harden really a two guard? He's playing like a. A combo a one two point. Guard. Yeah, he's playing yeah. like a point guard. That he's can playing score. both positions. Sure. Like he's doing exactly. He's doing exactly right. what Russell Westbrook does. Right. I. I mean. I mean. I. I, I get it. They line him up at, at at two. Yeah. So on the roster chart, he's a he's two. the two guard, yeah, and Patrick he, Beverly's the one. He's the one. Like, let's be clear. Patrick Beverly doesn't even have to be on the floor. He's there because James Harden don't play defense. Sure. Yeah, James Harden is the. I mean, yeah. uh, Beverly's the goon. Yeah, on like, the team. he's there because Harden doesn't play defense. Right, that's why Patrick Beverly is starting. Right, that's the only reason. Sure, sure. Nah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, but, but even so, but he, and so, I, I, right, so I was saying, in the sense of that, mm-hmm. 
who's the best two guard? Because I don't call Harden a two guard. I don't. Let's see. Is, is it Clay? Is Jimmy Butler a better Jimmy, two guard than Devin Booker? Hell yeah. I would say so. Even though Jimmy Rough Butler. Buff, what up? Even though Jimmy Butler is older than even Devin Booker. And even though I don't like Jimmy Butler. I, I, I can't say I don't. I don't. I just something about his game. It's something about his game. I just don't like it. It's just you something about saying? it. But he, but he, he, you know, he put them numbers. He, so I can't he say improved yeah, from, yeah, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, I can respect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson. guard. Kawhi Leonard is not a two guard. I mean, no, but I, I think he's trying to say you should consider him to be a two guard even though he's playing three. Um, I think that's what he's saying. Um, may, okay, maybe. If you want to compare it to Harden playing honestly, the one. I would still put him at three. I would yes. still keep him at three. If you want to compare John him Wall to that. John Wall is the one, Sharif. Stop. See, I, you know, hey, I want y'all to, Sharif, you are officially racks on racks in this podcast. That's your name, racks on racks. But there's no way in hell that he's a he's a two. He's a one. There's no bread. and 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 Sharif as a as a Wizards fan yourself, you should know. There's nothing about John Wall that says two. You should know that. By there's now. nothing about John Wall that says two. But Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, I think is better than Devin Booker. Clearly, you know what I'm saying. Clearly. So so that's so I just named two guys that are clearly better two guards than Devin Booker. So whoever. Put that to, tweet but, out there. But I was asked, the, what I was saying was, is there anybody that's following Devin Booker mm-hmm. enough to understand why somebody could could fathom that? A Phoenix Sun fan. Well, that's the, the nigga, only. The nigga's from Canada. So it, 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 What's that? He's from Canada. No, I'm talking about the Phoenix Sun oh, right, fan. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, that, right, that, that would right. be the only person that would say something thinking, that ridiculous. I'm sitting here really thinking about who's another good two guard in the league. I mean, you got to get Bradley Bill his props. Brad Beal is balling out. Um, I like from a from a defensive standpoint, and his scoring has kind of improved this year. But I like Avery Bradley because he could do it on both ends of the yeah. floor. He's not a scorer. He's yeah. not going to put up thirty. Yeah, and that, and that's why I can't put but, him in this conversation. But he can. Yeah, I, I play both. You, he played he two way, but I yeah. can't put him in that conversation because you can't depend on him to score thirty at no given time. Sure, no, so uh, agree, agree. Two which guards. brings the point. Which brings me to the point. Devin Booker, while he dropped seventy. He what doesn't. He, he doesn't. Right. Yeah, right. he's he not. Cons- be averaging fifteen. He's he not. Cons- he's not consistently yeah. averaging 22, right. 23 points right. a game. You know, he's up and down, and rightfully so because he's a rookie, and you know, two year, two year guy, two year guy. Yeah. So you know, he's gonna go through those things. You know, I, it's but hard. I, to- yeah, I, I heard somebody on Facebook say that that dude was the best two guard in the league, and I just wanted to know if anybody had any information on why somebody could fathom. Such a ridiculous that statement. That is a Phoenix Sun fan. Maybe he's a Phoenix Sun fan, maybe. I can guarantee maybe he's that. From, maybe he's from Toronto and he went to Phoenix. You think, you think it was Drake? That it, said it might have been. No, no, no. The guy is the guy, you know, I know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, through social media or whatever. He, you know, he'll produce or whatever. Right, And he right. came out and was like, Devin Booker is the best two guard in the league. I'm like, what? Right, right. Two four zero five three two two seven one eight is a number to dial. Um, if you want to talk about uh, NBA, NFL, whatever, you're more welcome to do so. We're gonna get into the last thirty minutes of the show. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna come right back. You're listening to the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast. Time let you make you know, niggas don't even want to understand. 
you see, trying to hit it with the debris. Yeah, look into the eyes, true lies, your whole click despise, especially me, H-A-V-O-C, don't want your chick, cause she's burning through degree, plus you snitching, you ain't got no ties for me, I keep it strong, while you scream, world is born, lying through your teeth, swearing on your firstborn, your world is weak, don't wanna wake in this, hit you up quick, strip the shit that I'm bippin' and you walk a line of stink, you religious where you sin, fuckin' with the mob, infamous to the end, and for spot this red dot right at your face and set sail a rocket and kept driving pull off like the indy 5g in a four time four truck with speed like the motion picture this nigga going with the wind my crime work ninja style shit was dead and got away with escaped it the jakes from tracing anything that leads to the source you know the boss of the mall killing it's like an unsolved mystery puzzling nobody knows it's all history madness amongst me i frequently had to get dumpling never fails it's always something no rest jelly gotta rock my vest i'll shoot at your best man yeah your mvp he played the front line got struck down immediately i wave him off deep flag you hear the sound as it slaps when heavy low my military hold ammunition far from animation it's real life you think not my crew kings in new york who taking your spot i put the green light on your whole click alan shit running through the whole house wilding distorting distortion is the key i got the key for distortion spend your fortune dead your shorty like abortion take precaution infamous laws enforced and you're married to the mob can take it then divorce it cause i ain't got no time for them domestic disputes if you scared get the door don't gotta click then recruit your weak troop lost battalion in the mist on your name my shit take it like a man you little bitch i blaze your britches plo extortion you forcing the hand that rocks the cradle caution before you enter this shaolin representer carry 36 deadly shits you fucking with top contenders official to the bone gristle it don't matter if you bust rhymes or bust pistol remember me burn a nigga to a third degree don't act familiar motherfuckers you ain't heard of me just peep the steam and the rap I It's supposed to be Tap the pockets Back the goods Like the grocery We food shopping On top of that We hip hopping And don't stop it Out of state Drawers dropping The panty raiders Slide on you like gators Dug that stink bitch Back out and then played her But that ain't nothing Crossing this dog walking Native New Yorkin Shaolin slang talking Rap nigga Mr. Freeze crowd shipper What? Young black and don't give a fuck If the next crew get the scissor Extortion Bottom line, what the fuck you wanna do? You iron me at the same time I'm eyeing you. Wanna pop the most jumps? Be the same motherfucker with the most lumps. You on that shit? Meth, one of the hottest verses Meth has ever done. God bless that man. That man, he he's still relevant. Absolutely. Dude. He got some show, some show on like BT or some shit. Yeah, he's um he's supposed to be playing somebody's husband. It's the show's yeah, called Rebel. The Rebel, right? Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, yeah. Now he's also playing the, the father on the breaks, yeah. which you know I've been following since day one, yeah. and you know that that's shout one out of the best. Be- yeah, shout out to him. That that's and one Red of the Red Man because Red Man still spits balls. Yeah, I've seen him too. I've seen him around, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the, the breaks one of the best shows that's out right now. You know, no question about it. You're listening to the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. It's Trey Frazier, Maestro Styles. Yeah. We're back here in the house. 
Hey, man, we, we, we just, you know, we're talking about DC sports and all that stuff. We, we got to shout out John Thompson III, man. Yeah, man. You know, that that that's tough, man. Yeah. To, but, to end out the way he yeah, did. Yeah, but it had to happen. You, you think so? It had to, man. Look, look, I, 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 it's a very simple principle. And, 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 I, and I'm, all, I'm all a fan for nostalgia and history. And yep. What you mean to the old, you know, the, what your family means to the, the old. The family, yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear, man. Georgetown ain't been shit for a few years, man, and I, it's been it's been irrelevant. And and we need to get back to being, you know, being a team that people uh, respect in the NCAA. Um, you know, the AI days, Pat Ewing days. Yep, a lot of morning. You know, we need to get back um, to those days, man, and it, you know. I don't know. I mean, I love the idea. You know, like I said, John Thompson, the fan, the Thompson family, right? Black coach. I mean, it's been a stint. You talking what? Thirty years? A black coach, yeah, being the coach of a you know of a university yeah. in Georgetown in that part of DC, in Chocolate City. Yeah, look, man, and their recruiting was weak. You absolutely right, Sharif. They, uh, it, it's just. Something has to change. I don't care who you bring in. I don't, you know, I'm not one of those. It got to be a black, you know. Bring somebody in that can get this team to being somebody that the NCAA is worried about winning the championship. Right. That's yeah. what I want. I want Georgetown to. I want Georgetown to eat. I want Merlin to eat. Hell, St. Mary's been making a tournament for the past, you know, few years or yep. so. I want them to eat. St. Mary's. Get George Mason back in the tournament. You yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. I need the DMV to get back into this thing. And um, Merlin's still holding it down. But but even they, you know. Yeah, they're off and on. Yeah. They're, they're I mean, just, they make the tournament. They make Merlin the tournament, the tournament but, they, but they get out early. Yeah, you don't really believe them, even though. They, they make the As early much exits. as I want to sit there and be like, yo, I believe that Merlin had a chance to make the Elite Eight. Right. I like. I ain't really think that. It, nah, was, it was like, nah. I just hope that Melo Trimble decides he won't ball out. And, and I was talking big smack yeah. that Maryland was going to make a Mocha run. And then Mocha Bella had to, and then Mocha Bella come in her chat room checking you in on, on our show and shit. Right. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, the DMV college teams are putting us in a precarious position because it's like, damn, y'all should be good. They should be, but and particularly those two Merlin schools, particularly right. those two schools, because everybody else is middle tier. I mean, even at schools up in Baltimore, you got the Towson, yeah, even the Towson Morgan State, right, right. Um, the Coppin State, UMBC. We got, we got squads. Loyola yeah. made a tournament a few years yeah. ago. You know, so you know it's, it's time to you know step up, man. This yeah, area is and and none of these niggas be. This, this area is dying. A lot I, of these I, niggas do not be making the league, man. I know, but but I tell you what though, shout out to Virginia. You know, it's still DMV, but yeah, I mean, Virginia. You know, we don't even get in that conversation. I know, right? no, I know, no but they they've had a top seed yeah. the last couple of years, yeah. so you know, got to give props to them for that. So, um, so I, I wanted to get into this uh, story here by the uh, Washington Business Journal, and it you know it, it all relates to. The DMV area, Baltimore area, sports and all that stuff. So, Ted Leonsis, he owns the Wizards, Mm -hmm. he owns the Capitals, um, pretty much everything that has to do with Verizon Center. 
Um, he also has this AFL team right. that's going to start in D.C. and in Baltimore, right. by the way. Mm-hmm. And he also owns Damn. a piece Hold of on. what? A winner league ain't shit. This nigga bought two teams. Is that is that how I understand it? He's got yeah. He's got the one team that's like, looks like Ace is an expansion team. Uh-huh. And then the other team that's going to play in Baltimore is sort of this similar. Nigga bought two AFL teams. So he's got two the AFL, AFL teams. AFL ain't shit. It's this not. Can afford two AFL the league teams. is like yeah. downsized. Yeah. I mean, it went from like twelve to I don't know six or five or something wow. like that. You know, wow. yeah, it, it's downsized very, very drastically. So I don't know how, you know, those teams are going to generate the money to be popping again. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's such thing, if they were yeah, back yeah. in the day. Which they're not, but that's yeah. fine. I get you. Yeah, so, um, but Ted Leonsis, he also owns a stake of Comcast Sportsnet, um, Monument Sports, I think, one of his companies and all that stuff, so. So, this article that relates to the story here, um, Ted Leonsis basically would like the Capitals and the Wizards to play more games in Baltimore if the city of Baltimore would build a brand new arena. Now, this is sort of in relation to the topics for years where he's talked about regionalism, and basically having the entire DMV, which includes Baltimore, mm. D.C., parts of Virginia, oh, Lord, into the don't, whole thing. Please don't get to this, what's the DMV conversation? Uh, Anybody <laughs> from the DMV know that this is a touchy situation. That it is. It, it's, not, really, it's really a touchy situation. I want to deal with this conversation in real life. And Maestro, I got a lot to say about this. I got like four different points on this story. So basically, just to kind of go through this, basically... He would like to expose these teams to other parts of this region, particularly Baltimore and Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, so here, here's my thing about this, and like you said, it's, it's a very touchy subject. I mean, I'm and and I'm only speaking about the hip hop scene. So, God forbid, when we're talking about you know. Anything else outside of the music scene. Right. Yeah, so, right. you know, yeah. I'm only talking about the music scene. Where Very, the touchy. Yeah. Very touchy. Very touchy. Because, you know, and, and you know, I'll, I'll give a short. Mm-hmm. For a long time, a nigga in D.C. didn't like a nigga in Baltimore. I no mean, doubt. for a long, I mean, I think we, True I, 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 there are still people that don't, but I think we kind of, you know, getting that, you know, kind of resolved because, right. um, you know, for whatever reason. Yep. But, um, <laughs> Sharif, Richmond ain't DMV, right. But there are people yep. that say Richmond is in Virginia, so Virginia, you, right. know, you don't say part of V, you don't say DM part of V, so Richmond is part of DMV. Right. And then when you talk of, when you talk to certain like shakers and movers in the industry, um, they'll say, you know, Pharrell from the DMV. They'll because say Chris he's Brown from, from the DMV. Newport they'll News. They'll say, you know, Timberland, DMV, Bank, yep. you know, and people just don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's certain people in the city that's like, nah, them niggas. Right. Like, nah. And there's certain cats in Baltimore that's like, yo, no, don't, don't, don't pair us with DC. Right, right. We are Baltimore. Right. We and, are our own thing. And, and let's be very clear, there are significant differences from Baltimore to DC as a no person question. who's been in the neighborhoods where the wire was taped. Yes. To a nigga that's been in Silver City in Southeast DC. Yes. It's there. It's just different. There's differences. It's, there's just fundamental differences. You know. 
Bullets still fly. Yeah. Bullets still yeah, fly the same. Yeah, still fundamental differences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sharif, go-go versus house music. Come on, dog. I'm not about to answer that question. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope that wasn't a question. That. I Trey hope, might have a better opinion I than hope that. that was not a question and you was just throwing that out there, no, Sharif. because everybody knows go-go is better than house music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never. I mean, no well, question. I mean, I Even actually, though I'm not a go-go fan. Yeah, I guess there are some people that would say house music, but I can, not me. Not me from Anacostia, no. I can listen to both versions I can, and say... I, I can, Go-Go is the better I can stomach genre. house music, but I'm not going to say I would listen to house music on my spare time. Yeah, I, I can't listen to Spongebob Squarepants no. house music. I, I can't do that. <laughs> that song is 8,000 years old. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that, homie. But, um, yeah, but so, and, and I agree with Sharif. I think the fact that they're including Richmond in this is a big joke. You know, I don't know how the people in Richmond feel about that. Shouts oh. out to Richmond. I got a homie, and shout out to my homie, KIE, Millennium Tex in, in Richmond. I don't think he calls Richmond as the MV. I don't think he does. Yeah, I, I don't believe I don't so think either. He does. So, so, so here's my points about this. And now we're, we're talking about sports now, now that we talked about music. So, I knew I got to fit it in somehow. Of course, of course. So, there's this history, there's this sports history in this area, DC and Baltimore. That goes back to the late 60s, early 70s, starting with the Bullets. They used to play in Baltimore for mm-hmm. a few years. Mm-hmm. At the, It was then the Baltimore, Baltimore Civic Center. Center. It's now Royal Farms Arena. Yep. Um, at the time, A. Poland looked at D.C. and was like, I want to move the team to D.C. because it's a bigger market, more opportunity. And so he built the Cap Center in Landover and moved the team. Right. Then, then the Colts leave Baltimore in the middle of the night, the Mayflower. Everybody knows that story. Mm-hmm. Um, Twelve years later, 1995, they have the expansion draft in the NFL, and there's five cities on the table to get two franchises. Yeah. Baltimore was one of the cities on that list with a proposal to get an expansion franchise. Right. They ended up not getting one of the two. It was Jacksonville, Jacksonville. it was Charlotte, yep. and Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a story out there, I read this years ago, that the Redskins owner at the time, Jack Kent Cook, conspired to keep a team from coming to Baltimore. And one of the reasons wow. for that was because once the Colts left, he saw opportunity was it. in the reason in the region yeah. to capture that Redskins fan base. Yep. was driving from Baltimore to go to Redskins. Games. Yep, yep. You know, Baltimore fans were forced to watch Eagles games, mm-hmm. Steeler games, mm-hmm. Dallas games. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that kind of a thing. So, yeah. so they end up they get in the rave. They get the Ravens. Two Super Bowls later, they're one of the you know better organizations yeah. in the league. And since the Ravens arrived. The Redskins have kind of turned downward since Snyder, you know, bought the team. Mm-hmm. So you you have that. Then, but, you, and and I kind of put my point in there before you finish your story. Uh huh. Um. At the end of the day, the Ravens are a better organization. Yep. But they haven't been able, as far as fan wise and revenue wise, to surpass the Redskins yet. Uh, revenue, yes. Fans, better organization, yes. better yep. organization. Obviously, yep. they win Super Bowls and bring in better players and play better football. Yep. yep. But the you, but if 
if you're talking about business, the Redskins are the better business. They're valued more than the Ravens. Than the Ravens. Definitely. Okay. So what saw that in Forbes I, magazine. I just wanted to put that line in there. Yep. Because yep. Redskins are like number five, I think. They're like number five, number yeah. six, or something yeah. like that. So yeah, good good point, Maestro. Mm-hmm. So um and and by the way, I personally believe that because of the two Super Bowls the Ravens brought to the city of Baltimore, it has caused some Redskins fans to jump ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the I reason agree with that, just not enough to change the Sure. Yeah. Just not enough. Yeah. But there's I some agree. fans that have done that. Mm-hmm. And and let's face it, when the Ravens won the second title and when I was living over Temple Hills yeah. at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. you got shows on Channel 9, on Channel 7, and Channel 4 that were, you know, celebrating the celebrating Ravens the winning Ravens, as right. if they bought a title to D.C. Yeah. You, right. you know what I'm saying? So right. so now all of a sudden Baltimore is part of DMV. Right. Okay, right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we got that, that part. Yeah. We got that part. So now here's the baseball part to this. So... We know about the Nationals coming from Montreal in 2005. Um, the Orioles didn't like that. Um, obviously, the Orioles, kind of similar to the Redskins when there was no football in Baltimore, the Orioles were the baseball team in the region for a number of years yeah, until right. baseball game. basically... They, Major League Baseball basically bullied the Orioles for their regional, yeah. you know, coverage and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which is why they got the Mid-Atlantic Sports, Mid-Atlantic Network. Sports Network. They got that deal in place on all that stuff. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, just to kind of sum that all up, there's been such a, a, a very stained, I don't want to well, kind of a stained history between sports in this area. It's like D.C.'s taking teams from Baltimore they're trying to keep teams from going to Baltimore, mm-hmm. and they're bullying teams in Baltimore that, look, you're going to give up these territorial yeah, rights. Right. You know right. what I mean? D.C. is the bigger market here, so you're going to do and, this. And, and, and for all intents and purposes, it's always going to be the bigger market. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, 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 no question about that. Yeah. No, no question about it. You got Northern Virginia and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. so it's always going to be that yeah. way. It's, 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 just, it's just the way it is. Right. Um, this thing about regionalism and Ted Leonsis, while he's a pretty good businessman, he, he's got me confused in a sense because just maybe a month or two ago, and remember I said he owns a part of, uh, Comcast Sportsnet. Um, which, which, you know, just to put another line of note in there, mm -hmm. they, they, deal with a lot of stuff on the outskirts of the DMV, what what I would take to be the DMV. And, let's, and to be clear for listeners, because I know a lot of y'all now from the area, mm-hmm. the DMV originally, and um, I'm all for expansion, let's be very clear, I'm all for including Chris Brown in the DMV. Right. But if Chris Brown wasn't Chris Brown, nobody would consider Chris Brown to be the DMV. Right. Um, nobody would consider Missy... Magoo, Timberlake, you know. Shout out to Skills. Yeah, nobody would consider that DMV. Right. Um, But the DMV, for all intents and purposes, is uh, D.C., Mm -hmm. obviously. Merlin, which means PG County doesn't really go past Clinton. Right. And... Montgomery County. uh, And... I don't even know if Montgomery County is necessarily DMV. I, 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 you know. We, but you're still talking like music, or are you just? I'm talking? just talking scene. I'm just talking okay. scene. Uh, Montgomery uh, County, yeah. I would say, is a part of that. Maybe. I mean, it's arguable. It's, it's, 
it's arguable. You know what I'm saying? Fair. That's fair. Um, and Virginia, you're talking about Northern Virginia, like right. You know, Arlington, Alexandria, right? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, so I just wanted to make sure they understood if anybody's into geography, right? You know how that works, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. So getting back to the network um, that you know Ted Leonsis owns a certain stake of, they just opted to not renew airing the Ravens pregame, postgame. And Didn't know that. Yeah, they they opted yeah. to not do that. Wow. You know, so you know the Ravens had like their weekly shows in between, you know, weekends and stuff like that. They had an agreement out for like you know since I think 2010 or something like that. So mm-hmm. they've been on like the six year, seven year contract. So they decided to not renew airing Ravens programming. Wow, I didn't know that. So it begs the question: It's like, wait a minute, if you believe in regionalism. Why would you not opt to bring the Ravens back on the network that you own a piece of share of? But here's the thing. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not sure of, you know, what he's responsible for as far as business decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me, let me say this. I don't think that uh, the Wizards or the Capitals or whoever mm-hmm. should be playing anywhere outside of the Verizon Center I was just going to ask you, as a DC sports yeah, fan, they shouldn't be playing anywhere outside of that. I agreed. Mean, I got my I got my reservations about them playing in Landover, so you know, agreed. Let's be clear about that. Agreed. I got my reservations about that, but I accepted the whole DMV thing. Right. Um, look, um, and, and then and, and to add to that point, there are teams who say they're in this city but play Giants, you know, Jets. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. all right, yep. cool. We we all right. I get it. Yep. Um, it's about finding the space and it, that space being conducive to taking on, you know, in the Redskins case, 90,000 fans. Right. You know, 90,000 seats in a stadium. Yep. So you got to, you got to, you know, get in where you fit in. RFK couldn't do that. Right. Um, so with that being said, um, I, I, I don't, I am totally against them playing mm-hmm. <laughs> in Richmond and Baltimore, if they're the Washington Wizards. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Because, let's be clear, Richmond is a two-hour drive from D.C. Yeah, and again, um, I think that's crazy to include Richmond in this. To yeah. me, it's D.C. and Baltimore, to me. It's, and, but it's but it's kind of, it's kind of, and, and, and I know, you know, he's getting millions of dollars, and maybe he's not necessarily hip to what the streets are saying. Right. Um, it's ridiculous. But he for has the, to know, though. Somebody got to be in his ear. He I has to think. Yeah, he, he has to know a lot of money. Somebody has got to be in his ear. It's not for that. No way. Is no way that uh, you know. And I watch a lot of. And I can only speak from hip hop and in the music. I can't only, but I can speak from the music and hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. Fast the big fella is not driving from D.C. to Baltimore to see the Wizards play at courtside. Stymie is not playing. From not driving out there, of course I. Is this cat named Stymie? He a rapper, or whatever. He got this song called "Give Me Racks." Is moving yep. in the city, whatever. Yep. And um, um, I ain't gonna put this whole situation out there, but the, he got connects to perform at Verizon Center. Uh-huh. So that every now and then, he has an opportunity to perform at Verizon Center. Right. Right. You move, you saying you know certain spaces out of the, out of the NBA season, right? 
he can't perform at Verizon Center because they in Royal Farms Arena? Right. Man, you better get the fuck out of here. Like, and even for the Capitals, because they sell out that building every regular season yeah, game. right. You know what I mean? You're going to tell me you're going to move 10 Capital games out of that building that right. you sell out and right. every night? For what? What are, you, what are you trying to do? Yeah. No, okay, let me say this. I get what they're trying to do. I was going to say, we know what they're trying to He's do. He's trying to go to Baltimore and set out the same way he sent out in D.C., yep. which kind of makes sense, but the idea, but the thing is, is that, because they just want to see some sports, I right. get it, Right. but you're not going to sell out in Baltimore as the Washington Capitals. You're, you're not. I'm sorry. You're not going to sell out for a few reasons. You're not going to sell out as the Washington Capitals playing right. in Baltimore. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I, I can't imagine the D.C. fan being okay with this. You just expressed that you're not okay with that. I can't imagine the Baltimore sports fan being okay with this. Like, why would you, like, if I'm a Baltimore sports fan, and, you know, let, let, I'm going to be clear. I live in the Baltimore area. Yeah. I love the Ravens. I'm not a Baltimore sports fan. Yeah. I'm a New York sports fan. Right. I've worked, I work with a lot of Baltimore sports fans at the office. Mm-hmm. And... Look, man, I got to tell you, they don't like being teased with other teams coming to play right. in their, like, look, if you're the Washington so-and-so, Be the Washington so-and-so. stay your behind in yeah. Washington. Yeah. You know, if you want to give us an expansion team, then do let's that. talk. Yeah, right. let, let's right. talk. Right. But here's the other reason why it's not going to work. The economics in both these cities are so different. Um, you know, DC's got the metro. You know, DC, you can get cost can, of living is real as shit in DC. It is yeah, not that real in Baltimore. And, and, and I'm not even talking about the cost of living. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the average sports fan that wants to go to a game. Like for me, as a kid, if I wanted to go to the Garden, I took the A train. I could get there easily mm-hmm. to the game. Mm-hmm. If I lived, if when I lived out in the D.C. area, I could get on the Green Line mm-hmm. Metro and get to the Verizon Center. Mm-hmm. I'm in, in Baltimore. In certain parts of the region, yeah. it's hard to take public transportation downtown. Right. Right. You got one subway line. You have a light rail line, which is close to my house. Right. But still, what about other fans in the other regions of that metro area right. that want to get to the game, but they have to drive? Right. You know, that's feasibly, it just doesn't, you know, pan out that way. That's why when they scrapped that red line project in Baltimore to go east-west, mm-hmm. that I, I thought that was a big blow to the city because, you know, usually, and I, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, when I was in high school, we went to this place called Atlantic Center. It was downtown Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it had a supermarket. It had, like, um, at a Models. It had some other stores. But little did we know that that place was going to set up for something much larger. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was they got more stores in there, the value of property started going up, and they built Barclays right across the street. Gotcha. So in this case with the city of Baltimore, you build that red line, you're setting that city up for something greater, mm-hmm. potentially a brand new arena, right. potentially people to come from, other parts other place, yeah. of the region right. to go see a, ga- a potential game if yeah. they got a you know franchise. Mm-hmm. So right now, there's just things that feasibly don't work in the favor of Baltimore because 
you're, you're, you're limited in terms of transportation. Right. You know, that, right. that to me, that's just kind of right. the way I see that's that. Facts. Yeah, that's facts. You know what I mean? And as far as the arena situation goes, look, you know, I'm, I'm used to going downtown for work at times. They're doing a lot of development on the west side, and particularly downtown. Mm-hmm. At some point, they are going to have to scrap that arena. I mean, they, they've been holding on to it yeah. for so long yeah. that at some point, they're going to have to be forced to do something with that place or right. just build it, you know, somewhere build else. Right. Or, 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 I guess, renovate, maybe? Right, right. And, and I think the thing they're scared about is because they get Disney on ice, they get Bruce Springsteen, they get all these other acts throughout the year, they're so scared to lose those acts that they don't want to shut the place down. It's like, look, if you want to build a new one on this site, you can't do it because we can't close this current place down. Right. You know, so right. it, it sucks, but hopefully, you know, they can work that situation out. Um, we got a couple. We got a couple minutes left, man. Um, I guess we could just, you know, well, we gotta make our final four picks. Yeah, final four picks. Yeah. Let me just tell you, man. Um, I'm. I, you know, it's funny, man. I was going going about my rounds at work today, and um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, somebody around the way just was like, you know, how you feel about the, you know, the final four, you know, yep. about the tournament. Yep. I'm like, man, I am fried out. <laughs> I'm fried out about this tournament, man. I, I, Brackets you know, in the trash. Yeah, the bracket is 100% in the trash. Yeah. Um, if I got to go final, if I got to talk about the final four, and, you know, obviously, um, without going deep into games, um, you know, the the four teams in it, obviously, Gonzaga, South Carolina, Oregon, and North Carolina. Yep. Um, South Carolina had a hell of a game going on. UNC had a hell of a game going on. Yes. Um, yes. And Gonzaga, you know, last week we talked about Gonzaga, and, and my thing was, you know, are they serious this year? And that right. was my thing. Um, For the 18th going, year in a row. Right, going into Sweet 16, I was yep. like, you know, the, um, are they serious this time? Right. And here they are. Final four bound. Serious. Yep. So, um, if anybody listened last week, which I'm sure my A1s did, I had UCLA winning the tournament. Yep. Um, and uh, <laughs> they lost. Um, they lost to. Um, and Daddy Ball running all over the place. Yeah. And getting, I mean, that, that kind of irritated me. Like, this nigga. When he went on first tape? Yeah, not. It irritated. It did. It, I ain't gonna lie. It ain't no other way to say it. It irritated, irritated a lot of people. It irritated me yeah. that after you, after y'all lost in the eight, that you was on first take the next. And week. not only that, you brought your son with you. Yeah, man. But you know. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's, that, that is what it is, man. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with Gonzaga, man. And I and I know Ooh. that's not the top of the pick. I, I, I'm one hundred percent aware. That South Carolina is playing better basketball. That defense is yeah, just they're playing better basketball. Stout man, one hundred percent aware of that. Yep. I'm going with Gonzaga. Um, I'm going with Gonzaga. Um, they've done this for years and years and years and years, and I'm I'm just thinking maybe right, maybe this is the year they make it to the championship. Um, Oregon, nah, it's going to be UNC versus or Gonzaga, man. Um, no not, doubt, um, no doubt, UNC. I, I don't think there's much that needs to be said about UNC as far as what they're doing right now and what, you know, again, pedigree, man. I, anybody that's listened to this show, I'm a big 
proponent of pedigree and how that takes um, and what that means. Mm-hmm. When you've done this before, yep. it, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is. You've done this. Except with this particular North Carolina team because throughout this tournament. I'm talking about coaching. Sure. And, and, it, and it kind of leads into what I'm going to say here. Mm-hmm. They go through some lapses late in games. Like, they like they legitimately could have lost three games in this tournament yeah. because of yeah. the last minute's, Coach, you know, collapsing 100%. coaching decisions and 100%. all that stuff. But let me tell you, from the first 20 to 30 minutes of a game, their bigs, their bigs go to work. Go to work, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... When I look at that matchup between UNC and Gonzaga, if that is the matchup, UNC and Oregon is the matchup. I mean, in the oh, final game, the okay, in, in the final okay. game, because okay. I, I I do agree with you. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Gonzaga, and as much as and congrats to South Carolina, first time in the tournament mm-hmm. in school history. You know, I had some folks. You know, my my grandmother's from South Carolina, so a lot of her folks were all up on social media congratulating the team and all that stuff. But. Um, wouldn't mind seeing them get to the final game, but I just think, like you said, Gonzaga, they've been doing this for so long, now they're finally here. Yeah. Now it's, it's time to make... It's time to fuck it up. Exactly. Now yeah. it's time to make it happen. So I agree. I think UNC Gonzaga is going to be that final matchup. And that's where I worry with Gonzaga mm-hmm. is the size right. that North that's Carolina true. brings to the table. So, and And not only that, they were in my final four when I did my bracket. UNC, that is. Yeah. They were one of the last because Duke, Arizona, and Michigan. And Michigan was a nice story. Um, yeah. But they, they had a late um, game collapse mm-hmm. against Oregon. Against Oregon yeah. You know, so, um, you know, much props to them for, you know, making the run they did. But Roy Williams, North Carolina, Tar Heels, that, that's kind of where I'm at as far as the final game's concerned. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you, you got know. UNC. I, I got UNC. I got UNC. I'm gonna go Zags, man. And, and like I said, I know it's not the popular thing. Um, I'm going Zags, man. All right, all right. That's a bet. That's a bet. Well, folks, if you got nothing else, uh, Maestro. I, I'm I'm good, man. I, I'm I'm good, man. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, we just want to shout out the chat room and. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you chiming in. And anybody that's out there listening, not in the chat room, we appreciate you as well. We would like to thank Philanda Johnson for spending a few Absolutely. minutes with us. Get that book. Absolutely. com. All y'all talking about, we want to do something different and Trump in office and y'all worried about how your money going to work. Hey. That is the book. You know book. how your money going to work? Get your businesses popping. That is the book. And... Y'all guys, be on the lookout on our social media outlets. Instagram, at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Twitter, at Barbershop S-P-O-R-2. Check out the Facebook page because we're going to be posting some stuff a little later in the week regarding the book. So, you know, we'll give you some more information on that front. Um, Also, if you want to check out the show on demand, check us out on iTunes and through Google Play. Uh, Google Podcast, I think, is the uh, is the app. Yeah, is the app. So the iPhone folks over here, right, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, so make sure y'all check the show out on demand. You know, once it's done and everything like that. Um, 
I guess uh, next week is the big week, Maestro. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. We I was sitting here thinking, and I, I guess we could share it with the with the audience, man. You know, uh, we you know we definitely plan on doing a tour with a lot of the X Squad folks. And shout out to the X Squad affiliates. Shout out to the X Squad affiliates, man. I'm I'm thinking like, should we even should we should we even do a show like a separate show? Or should we just link up with the X Squad? You know what I'm saying? A lot of X Squad affiliates is our A one day ones. You know what I'm saying? Right, we should right. just do like a little special collab type thing where we all get in one room and, and just argue. Because I'm about to yell, I'm a cuss. Yeah, you know that's. What I'm saying I'm definitely going to be drinking. That's so we're perfect, gonna be man. Lit. Well, you know we've we've had conversations with Chief Rocker. We've had conversations with the microwave and um, microwave and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll check with him, but yeah. he, he invited us to actually do our show next Tuesday. Okay. You know, he, you know, so he would like to be a guest on our show. Okay. Well, yeah, that okay. Time. And then, cool. um, Wednesday, I just don't want to pack my microphones and shit. Right. I don't. I mean, if I had to, I will. Right. Right. I do it for the culture, but if <laughs> word, I don't have to, word, I word. really don't want to. Yeah. And then, and shut up the microwave because he's doing this new thing. He's, Joined up with WSME. It's WSME now. Mm-hmm. So um, so he'll be doing shows from 1 to 4 every Wednesday okay. afternoon after Doug's show. So I believe if he... Because he, he did one today, which was kind of unusual. But um, if he does one Wednesday afternoon next week... Then, then, you know, Microwave was more willing to have us on his show, uh-huh. you know, in that time slot. So... You know, we appreciate you, Microwave. We appreciate oh, everybody. Man. I'm gonna bring some we, in the chat room. Hey, we gonna we, we gonna have some Google playing Wednesday, Sean. <laughs> word, word up, and some reggae. Nah, I, I'm, fuck reggae. Nah, I, nah, All man. Go-go, hey, no, no, no. All go. We gonna no. We gonna we gonna bust some reggae, man. Uh, yeah, oh, no. man, you remind me of that motherfucking house party we went to years ago. Oh, in, in Flatbush? In Flatbush, and that motherfucker, they was it, playing reggae all yes. fucking yes. night, nigga. I wanted to blow my But I agree with you, though. They should have been switching it to music I wanted to bit. blow my fucking brains out. And I, I, let's get, don't get clear, I don't dislike reggae. Right. I just can't take three hours of it. I, I agree. I think just like you, I can't take three hours of go-go. Yeah, but I, I can't relate to that. Because I've I've warmed yeah, up, sure, sure, sure. I've warmed up to Gogo since living in this yeah. area. But I, I'm I've mostly warmed up to the original like go like yeah, original yeah. sounds of Gogo, not yeah. the songs where they take original yeah, lyrics yeah. and then they apply it to their beats. Yeah, I guess you. you. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> Sharif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went and slept in the car. I, I remember that. Oh, I, I remember that man. Memories, memories. It wasn't even no bad jumps out there at that party. It wasn't no bad bitches out that party. You didn't think so? I don't remember it being that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of vague. Yeah, I mean, that, I that was almost ten years ago. Yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy man. All right, folks, we out of here. I'm Trey Frazier. That's Maestro Styles. Yes, Again, our show live from Atlanta, Georgia, next week. Make sure y'all tune in to the podcast. Uh, peace out, y'all. One love. Don't condone the chrome in the wall. I switch slow down the beat.
soul love. Slow motion for me, like it screwed up. Make you move like the matrix and do with stuff as clubs. Creek the black sheep, mommy, now pick it up. Hey, back to getting money, keep it gully with my nuts. Hey, something is nothing, I'm pushing something new every day. Back on the grind, keep easy on your mind. I'm one of a kind, tops the bottom line. works overtime all summer so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters they recommend updating hvac filters at least every three months all year round so order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com let's clear the air (sighs) the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with mickey d's breakfast the perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 